so. Yankee right. Doodle. Is that our intro? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says best games of the year. Like, <laughs> like good old Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yep. Welcome to Snapcast, the once a year podcast. Yeah, where every year Penny decides to talk about her top 10 games that came out that year and nothing else. I'm bringing this podcast back so my friend Ryan here and I can talk about the top 10, each of our top 10 games of 2018, 2018, the year of our Lord. It's almost coming to a close and I wanted to do what everyone else is doing. You have to listen to our opinions. Yeah, you have to. And if you don't think that Garfield Kart was the best game of 2018, I will break into your house and steal your MacBook. Precisely. Like, I've been looking at this list that I've uh, come up with right now, and right now, two through eight is all Garfield Kart. Uh, um, I that's just a problem list, because but... one through ten should be Garfield Kart. Well, no, here's the thing. Um, number one is uh, Hoodwinked somehow. Um, and then 9 and 10, I decided to get a little bit of variety. I don't want to seem like I'm too much in the Nintendo house, so I added Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, twice, because that's why there's the 2, because it's there twice. Because I feel like Red Dead Redemption 2 didn't get enough undeserved awards this year, but that's another story for another time. Anyway, yeah, so we wanted to do the top 10 thing. I thought it would make sense to bring it under the Snapcast brand uh, banner, because it sort of fits the best there. Um, and I do want to bring back Snapcast eventually in some form. I've had a couple ideas stewing around. Might not see it for a little while, but I, I thought, why not now? You know, why not? It was already once a year, so why not make it once a year again? But without further ado, I guess, uh, I guess let's just, let's get into it because, okay, well, first, before we start, I guess, uh, what did you think about this year just as a whole? I thought this year was, um... A pretty interesting one. I know that um, a lot of my personal time wasn't really spent looking at the video game forefront, save for E3 coverage and just uh, looking forward to a few very specific games, which will become very clear as my list uh, evolves. Yeah. Um, mainly because I didn't have any access to play most of the games since the only console I owned was a Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get into that when I go over Honorable Engines. But I do feel like that all in all, with the whole game's forefront, it was still a pretty okay year. I wouldn't put it as like, wow, this is one of the greatest years in all of video games. Yeah. But I do feel like it there's definitely been a fair number of games that came out that, at the very least, warrant the year's existence. I, I will was... allow this year to exist in the history yeah. books. Uh, my view is that, like, it wasn't 2017. Be- like, no. like, specifically, like, like, on Nintendo's end, they were not firing off on all cylinders this year, except for... You know, when we get to Smash Brothers at the end of the year, which might come up on this list, you know, you never know. But like, like, I don't know. Like, I definitely I felt like this year was great. Like, I really I this whole year I was feeling it. I was like, oh, my God, this is such a good year for games. Like so many good games are coming out this year and so many good games did come out this year. But then when I looked back and I tried to make this list, like I have 10 games on here plus honorable mentions but it was like it was actually harder than i expected it to be and it was it was weird because like the the whole year and i still feel enthusiastic about this year the whole year i felt very enthusiastic about games and where games are at right now but like when i when we get to the end of it here i was like i really didn't play a lot i guess maybe it's because i heard a lot of people talking about other games that i just didn't play which is why 
my enthusiasm didn't match the ease of putting together this list. But I, I thought that was interesting, and that's sort of why I wanted to bring it up with you, because, like, this... 2018 has been a bit of an enigma in terms of, like, comparing its quality to other years. I definitely feel yeah, like... Yeah, without a doubt. I definitely feel like 2017 was more on the surface, like, mm-hmm. amazing, like, blowout, awesome year for games. But, like, this year I feel like... I don't know. There's some good stuff this year. Um, but it was hard making this list, so... Yeah, and... um. Like, I've I've been saying that there's definitely been a lot of really interesting games. Like, you can just look at the Game Awards and you'll see that there's definitely a lot of really quality games that came out this year. But at the same time, it's just a matter of sort of looking back and just realizing how the year was. And it may be different from person to person. You may have been the kind of person who looks back and goes like, yeah, I can name 10 off the top of my head. But for me, I had to, like, kind of dig deep. And again, I've mentioned that I have my own reasons as to why I wasn't doing a lot of gaming. But and um, even with that, there are still some technicalities here. Like, like there's some on my list at least. There are a couple that like are kind of like okay. I guess you could count that. Um, maybe like one or two. I think all of these that I have, I managed to fortunately narrow it all down to the point where all of them are 100% like, yeah, that's legit. That covers all the rules. There's one that might be arguable, but I think that just in the context of in and of itself still fits the agenda but right. we'll we'll play that card yeah. game when we get to it play so, number five in attack mode i don't know right so as a preface um to our list which we're about to uh we're about to list off honorable mentions and then we'll get into the meat of it uh but but before we do um i guess we'll just do a quick disclaimer yeah as you can probably tell from our conversation uh both of us had kind of a hard time getting to every game this year that people have been raving about. I know that I have a couple more like high profile or like I, I say, I know I assume I have a couple more high profile ones than uh, Ryan does because I have access to more systems and stuff. But um, even I like missed out on, uh, on quite a few, I think that people have been talking about, especially recently. So uh, just keep that in mind. These are very, these are personal experience lists. This is in no way a definitive like critical importance ranking of the games of 2018. This is very much based on promise uh, and personal experience. All right. So, do you want to hit your um, honorable mentions first? Yeah, sure. Let me. Uh, yeah. So, my honorable mentions uh, down the list: Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy on Switch, specifically because that came out last year. This was one of those kind of technicality ones. Um, but I got it on Switch this year when it came out. I got it on vacation, and uh, I had a good time with it. Um, I still haven't finished it, which is true for, like, the majority of games on this list, (laughs) but uh, I enjoy what I played. I got through, uh, I got about, like, I'd say a third through uh, Crash 2. I played all of Crash 1, and then I got to Crash 2, played a little bit of that, and I'll have to finish it at some point in the future, but um, I really like it. I think that uh, it was a good entry point for me to the franchise because like I had never played any crash game that wasn't crash of the Titans before. <laughs> uh, and even that one, I played it like back when I was a, like a, a young child. So um, yeah, so that was good. Uh, up next on honorable mentions, life is strange Two, episode one. Um, I would like to put this higher. If, if all the episodes were out and I enjoyed them as much as I enjoyed episode one, I probably would have put this on, the full list, but as it stands, only one part is out, but that part was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I streamed it. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, and then up next is Jackbox Party Pack 5. 
which uh, the Jackbox games are always super duper stellar. Uh, they're always really fun uh, to to bring friends around and uh, and play those. Uh, and like streaming them is fun. You know, playing them just with like an in person group is fun. Is they're fun all around. And five, I think, is definitely one of my favorites. Um, I think the game selection is super interesting. I love the concepts of Jackbox Party Pack Five. Uh, problem is, there's a lot of better, like more like full games that came out uh and i couldn't i couldn't justify putting this putting like a party game pack on here with the amount of other stuff we have but that is not to knock party pack five jackbox to add on to it because i don't talk about that game at all i do feel like jackbox jackbox always does a fantastic job creating these amazing multiplayer games but at the same time it's like it isn't it doesn't quite deliver a full experience that one yeah. can justify putting on a list. Yeah, it's it's not it's they're they're games. They're not experiences. They're not like they're not life changing, but they are very very good and very fun and very well made. And you know they are exactly what they need to be and what they're trying to be, and they do it so well, better than anyone I've ever seen with this genre. So Jackbox games are doing amazing things. Um, up next, Monster Prom, uh, which. Ooh. I actually forgot I I like I didn't forget I played this but I didn't realize it had come out this year. It's this year has been so long. I remember when this did come out and I legitimately thought it was like sometime last year. So, when I looked back through the games I played, I was like, "Oh my god, this came out this year." So, uh and and you know, I liked it when I played it. Uh so yeah, it's it's on honorable mentions. That's a that's a good game. Uh it is okay. a very it's a very interesting uh, take on the visual novel dating sim genre. It was like it was nothing like I thought it was going to be going in. It is so much more gamey and arcadey in in specific ways, and like it, it's it's so interesting. Um, so I really really enjoy how they how they handled the uh, the the way that they kind of warped the genre a little bit uh, for the premise of the game. And I really like the character designs and the art; those are all stellar. Um, and then finally, for honorable mentions, is Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Finally managed to get my hands on that, and I've been enjoying that. Um, but I just started. Uh, but I like it, so it's on my honorable mentions. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. I'm really enjoying it so far. Still only partway through Crash 1. I think I'm on, like, the second world. But, yeah. Recommend so far. All right. All right. Uh, so I think that we only share, like, one honorable mention, which is actually really interesting. Okay. Uh, so a majority of these games are um, on the honorable mention list because I've either not played enough of them right, or because I haven't gotten the chance to play them at all. So I'm going to give a quick blanket honorable mention to pretty much any PS4 exclusive. <laughs> um, <laughs> they will uh, not be there... appearing on the top 10 for yeah. Ryan, unfortunately. Yeah, my story behind that is that uh, I just had never had a PS4 and actually... um. My amazing girlfriend is moving in with me, which is fantastic, and she's bringing her PS4 with her. So in 2019, I will most definitely be playing a lot Hell of yeah. um, PlayStation games, uh, especially Dreams, which will come out. Uh, but uh, in terms of games that aren't uh, PS4 exclusives, a few of them that I have on here include um, Iconoclasts. I have heard nothing but absolute oh, yeah. greatness from that game i saw you play some of it and it looks God, fantastic yeah no i wish i had played more of it i played the first level i've forgotten everything about it but i remember liking it so yeah. i i hadn't played any of it unfortunately which sucks because i had all the ability to it's just something that i never got around to doing 
Um, so, but from what I've seen of it, it looks amazing, and I'm putting it on honorable mentions because it's a game that I feel like if I played it, it would be on this list, and that's going right. to be something that you see with a lot of these. Um, another honorable mention, I, this one's a bit weird because I don't know about it. I haven't seen a gameplay of it, but I've been told by everyone that it's game of the year and that it's a game that I specifically would enjoy. Um, I'm referring to CrossCode. Oh, um, I actually gifted that to Jay the other day. He really oh, wanted that. Yeah. Oh, dang. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, definitely uh, downloading that in the near future. Yeah, I, so. I didn't even see it. I didn't even look at it. I know, I know about it as much as you do, which is essentially nothing. I just, I bought it. And I was like, here, have this. I know you yeah. want this. So rather than, rather than lauding it for its greatness, I think this is more of a thing of me saying, hey, it looks really interesting and yeah. get ready to see me playing it because it's going to be a thing. Yeah, we've seen uh, interest, let's... so go check it out, I guess. Yeah, let me see. Going on the list, uh, I've already talked about the PS4 exclusives because I put Spider-Man on the list because I played, I played the first mission of it uh, through the uh, Fisk battle, and I know about most of the story due to a project that I'm working on that I'm not sure if you've heard about this one, uh, Penny. No. Um, but I'm doing this one project with a friend where um, it's a really cool concept. You uh, mute Please the uh, cutscene. No, we don't have time for this. <laughs> okay, so that's on there. Another one is, that's on there that I've seen a ton of gameplay for and honestly is going by, I don't want to say mostly due to pedigree, but the fact that I know what it's like is definitely helpful and the polish that I've seen from gameplay is good. And I'm referring to Kirby Star Allies. Ah, yeah, that one's cute. God, that um, came out this one, year? Oh, no. Yeah, that should have been in my honorable mentions. Oh, well. Yeah, that's right. Get wrecked. Um, I can't believe I'm not a Kirby fan. <laughs> that's right. You're not one of us. You don't even know the lore behind Kirby actually being a spawn of the destroyer of the universe. Anyway, um, another one of the honorable mention that I'm really upset I didn't get the chance to play, especially because it came on Switch and the people who created it are fantastic at fighting games. I'm, of course, referring to Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was thinking about adding it, but I haven't even gotten the chance to touch it. I want to get into it, but... There's a bunch of other fighting games that have come up that I've been sinking my time into. Right. Um, and then I have a few more. Just I'll, I'm just going to speed run the next few. Uh, Starlink, I wanted to get because of my Star Fox boy, and people have said that it's actually really good. That's about all I can say about it. Um, Mega Man 11. I actually feel really upset. I was really excited for a new Mega Man entry. However, as time would have it, I didn't have a lot of time to sink into yeah. it. As lack of time um, would have it. Yeah, I want to try out the Mega time... Man. I uh, I tried some of the uh, the collections on Switch. I I have those and I yeah. I've played a little bit and I enjoy them. So I, I want to check out. a Yeah, definitely. Well. I could I could go all off into about like uh, how those are built and the fact that the rewind button is just such a gift. Oh but, yeah, um, another Snapcast episode. Yeah, that's that's for another day. Uh, but Mega Man Eleven, from what I did play about it, all the new features implemented along with the level design still holds pretty true to Mega Man standards, and it looks like a really good Mega Man for this modern age. Nice. Um. The Messenger, I only got to play a little bit of it. However, from what I did play of it, it looks to um, sort of very well emulate that whole 16-bit era of a challenging platformer while still keeping a good amount of, you know, very witty humor that you'd expect from something like Devolver Digital. Right. <laughs> Although I think they're just the publishers, but either way, what I'm saying is that it was a really good game from what I'd played of it, and it's a game that I hope to be playing more in 2019. Yeah. And then the last one's... Um, Spyro, just by virtue of I want to play Spyro. Hell yeah! That, that's honestly that was really good. We got like a really 
good spread there. Um, if we're talking about games that I want to check out that came this year, uh, Return of the Obradin looks so interesting. So with that, let's get into the top 10. So in classic top 10 fashion, we are going to be starting with number 10. The way we're going to do it is uh, we're going to list off each of our uh, number 10s. Then we're going to list off both of our number nines. Then we're going to go to number eight and so on and so forth. So you'll get double up. Uh, and the way that I'll timestamp this is just number 10, number nine, number eight, and so on and so forth. Halfway through, I got a little bit, a little segment that's coming up. I won't spoil it until we get there, but you know, keep out a, keep a listening ear out. Don't put those ears away. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Number 10. <laughs> Shit. Okay. We're the most, uh, we're the most extreme up in here. Um. So how, how do you want to do this? What? Uh. You want to just do the same order, me and, and you? Yeah. Ladies first. Okay. Cool. So, uh, my number ten is uh one that I did not get a lot of time with. So it's it's sort of like it's sort of in the same vein as a lot of my honorable mentions, where I didn't get a lot of time with it. Uh. But I'm going to finish it eventually, and uh, when I do, I am certain it's going to be wonderful. And the reason it makes number ten, it is is because it is such a unique and heartfelt experience and it really really it really impressed me so far um and that is wonder song Ooh. uh yeah so wonder song uh was recommended to me by our friend blue um and it is i don't know if you've seen a whole lot of it i remember you joined in on one of the streams briefly for Mm -hmm. a little bit yeah, I've, seen, uh, I've seen a good bit of Wander Song. Yeah, so, but for those who don't, Wander Song is essentially a, uh, it's sort of like a side-scrolling adventure puzzle game where you play uh, this bard, and this bard uh, gives you the ability to sing, and you sort of, like, use the control stick to, like, uh, choose notes and stuff, and you can sing and dance, and uh, it's very it's very music-based, but, like, it's not like a rhythm game. Like, it is, but it, it's it's like they, it's... It's all based in the lore and in the world, and they find really Mm -hmm. creative ways to use the music mechanics for puzzles and for interactions and stuff. There are there are moments where you're talking to someone, and in order to say dialogue, you have to sing it, and you get to choose the notes that you sing the dialogue in. And it's like little touches like that that make everything so fun and appealing. And it's like you're always always having such a joyous, pleasant time. It is such a pretty game. The art style is so adorable. The character designs are all adorable. All the characters are so appealing. I love like doing voices for them when I stream them with Blue. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really great. Yeah, I really like the style of it. Um, right. Yeah, So, but, that, but again, I haven't played a whole lot of it, um, but I, I want to get to more of it, but it's on my list, so I highly recommend it. Y'all finish it before I do, seriously. Like, go out. Get it if you can. It's a it's a pretty small indie game, uh, from what I understand. It's it's very it's very niche, so uh, it definitely needs yeah, all the support niche. it can get. So if you look it up and it looks interesting to you, go for it. I recommend it. All, all right. right. What's what so you? So I got? guess I'll go. All right. My number ten is um also very very niche. It's a game that not a lot of people have heard of called Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. <laughs> Fuck. <you. laughs> No, it, I promise it was, this. It was funny when you said when you started by it's very niche. I believed you, and then the moment you said not very many people have heard of, I knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, like the the I've, moment I've you been, doubled down on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been trying to telegraph that so that I'm like a Mega Man boss in that like I telegraph each of my attacks so you of know course. when my jokes are coming. And you also have three phases when you die. Exactly. Um. So, 
So I put Let's Go Eevee on this list. I also, I put it pretty low, but I put it on the list for, by virtue of the fact that it's, obviously it's a Pokemon game, and Pokemon games have always been a real soft spot for me. Right. I've never been the kind of person who is like, oh man, Kanto is where I was born. (laughs) (laughs) My mother, my mother gave birth to me in Cerulean City. (laughs) Because people say that. They um, do, yeah. I've known many virtual do. boys who... Okay. <laughs> virtual boys. That's dumb. It is. Okay. So, um, I did put that there uh, just because I feel like they did a very good job of bringing the idea of Pokemon into this new console generation. I, I wouldn't say they did as good as they could have done because there's right. a lot of things that I I say are kind of left to be desired in terms of um, some of the mechanics, taking a lot from Pokemon Go. However, I understand as a business decision, it was and it was an important one that worked. However, all things considered, it is still a very, very special thing to see these in these 3D rendered graphics with all this sort of I, I don't want to say care put into it because it still looks very generic. Yeah, same, like it, it, yeah. it looks like an up-res 3DS game and that's yeah. that's not like a bad thing in and of itself. It definitely doesn't reach its fullest potential, but I will say like it it looks very nice. Like I I actually really like the look of it. Um yeah. And and it, all it, things considered, like it could look like a piece of poo-poo, but at the same time, I still had a lot of fun in this game that I hadn't seen in a long time just because oh yeah. being able to see Pokémon in the overworld is a very I don't want to say underrated feature because everyone loves that and eats it up whenever it happens in any game. But being able to see, like, the wild Pokemon come out of the wild gra- tall grass is a super cool, like, new touch. And it definitely it helps it- streamline it a lot. Because I, I know that in my case, random, yeah. encou- it, random encounters can uh, be pretty... Uh, they, they can That's turn me off a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, little, a little irritating. Uh, yeah, my, my bottom line on Let's Go Eevee is that, like, Yes, it could have been implemented a lot better, but for what it's worth, it's still good. And yeah, the fact so, that and the fact that my bottom line has like that caveat of like and it's in the top 10 should tell you a lot about the number of games I played this year. Yeah, I like I I do want to I do I wanted to ask like uh do you think like the the streamlining and the changing of mechanics like m- like just made it fresh enough to where you were able to enjoy it despite the kind of like quote dumbing down of it compared to the no. core series or do, no. do you think it's say, more of like a missed opportunity i'd say if anything it's a missed opportunity if i were to go back in time and be the decision maker i wouldn't have the pokemon go mechanics be the first foray into console play right but at the same time my whole take on it is that there are benefits to it like i do know that the whole central concept of Pokemon when it came out was gotta catch them all and the fact that all wild encounters are based around the end goal being catch and only catch and the catching giving experience to all members of your team party thing is a very very uh I don't want to say interesting because I feel like that's got a weird light connotation to it but it has its upsides but it also has its downsides because I feel like just putting all the trainer battles in trainer battles only Sort of, maybe I'm just a person who's like, they changed it so it's bad. But I do feel like there is 
a bit of something lost, but something there gained is. at the yeah, same no, time. Yeah, no, and I'm 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 speaking from the outside because I, I haven't played this yet, but I I have it in like it's it's at the Let's Go Eevee is at the top of my GameFly queue. Like it's it's yeah. it should be coming soon if they have it in stock at any point ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll hopefully be able to check it out soon because I really want to. But like just yeah. listening, the reason I asked you that is because like listening to other people talk about it, it seems like I've gotten a pretty uh divided response in terms of like whether or not the it whether or not it's fresh or if like if you enjoy it in spite of the changes or like if it's I'll if it's say, just like a fresh I'll new that, side thing. I'll say that the freshness of it does not come from the gameplay changes. Okay. The gameplay changes, in my opinion, are take it or leave it. In fact I prefer the old one, but then again I'm a I've been playing Pokemon since I was Eight, so I'm pretty traditionalist in that sense. Interesting. I think really the what's great about it is that you have all these new interactive cutscenes, the interactivity with your Pokemon, kind of like your Pokemon and me from X and Y, and all your touchscreen interactivity is very, very in depth and very, very charming. It delivers a whole lot of charm. I think is what keeps it fresh. Just how, like how it. Some of it might be, oh, bringing childhood to life, but a lot of it is very, very charming, especially if you get Let's Go Eevee because Eevee's objectively better. Oh, yeah. I was going to um, say, I love how you're not even mentioning Let's Go Pikachu. Like, you you just say oh, yeah, the no. game is called um, Let's Go Eevee to you because that is obviously the default. Yeah, of course. And while we're at it, let's start with the um, top 10 worst list. Number 10, Pokemon <laughs> Let's Go Pikachu. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's um, that's my number 10. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, going down the list. Uh, my number nine uh, is one that it's it's one of those like kind of technicality ones. Um, I think this is really the that's eh, not the only technicality, but it's it's the most blatant like technicality in terms of release date or in terms of like in terms of release date. Okay, because um, this game has been out in some form for a long time. Uh, but right, well, I was I guess only... I'll just be the... I guess I'm just gonna be the traditionalist only having games released in 2018. Shit, you're both. I'm just as valid as you are. Um... You know what you are. You are valid. Give me that. <laughs> Give me that Thank game. You. Give me that Thank game. You. Let me chomp it up. Okay, so... Oh, yeah. Number nine. Sunset Overdrive on PC. Ooh, all right. Okay, port. so... Let's go. Yeah, so this is a port. Uh, Sunset Overdrive has been an Xbox exclusive for so long it has been so many years and i've never owned an xbox but i have always always wanted to play this game and let me tell you it was released on pc this year uh Mm -hmm. and it lives up it lives up to the hype honestly like my personal hype like i really really enjoy it um it's developed by insomniac games uh same developers they've they've done a couple cool things yeah uh same developers as the the spider-man game that came out this year which may or may not come up later you know uh but like imagine they uh this was the game that they did like just before they did ratchet and clank i think and then ratchet and clank came right before spider-man uh but you can tell that they learned a lot during the development of this game that would that would allow them to make Spider-Man uh, as complete of a game as it eventually is. And, and we're not here to talk about Spider-Man, uh, so I won't go on that too much. But this is a very strong foundation. The locomotion in the game is so much fun. It, it's it's very it's 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 grind based. Like like you're always like grinding on rails or like or power lines and stuff. Uh, and like 
it's really cool because the world design supports that. There, there's always something that you can grind on. There's always something that you can slide on um, in your vicinity. And then you have a bunch of other cool moves. Like you can bounce on like uh, vents and stuff. You can, uh, you can like switch your, um, you can switch your height when you're like swinging on a, on a power line. Like when you're zipping down a power line, you can either make it to where you're like zipping on the top or you're like hanging down from the bottom. Uh, and it's really interesting because like you can then like, chain those positions together like you like you'll be hanging from the bottom of it and then you press the button to switch and as you're switching upwards you let go with the jump button and you fly upwards like you carry that momentum with you yeah it gives Uh, a lot of freedom of movement yeah it is very it is very it's very locomotion based uh the gameplay is very fun in that aspect Uh, and there's also character customization which i actually didn't know was in the game until like it until it was ported like because I like I had no reason to look very much into it before because I I didn't have the console it was exclusive for so I was like eh whatever I'll play it when I can play it uh but it it has character customization and it's it's really fun and, and like they have a lot of clothing options uh they have a few different body type options it's not like Sims level customization but it, it's satisfying um and I enjoyed I enjoyed that about it it's just like it's really it is just like it it's very fun it is a fun game like that is that is the highest praise that i can give it and i don't mean that in sort of like a like a derogatory way like no it is a fun game it is it is it is a blast it's very self-aware um it's pretty funny i'd say uh yeah it's it's good sunset overdrive on pc it's uh it's on both now it's on xbox and pc uh it's on steam it's also on the windows store so go get it go all right sounds good get it what's your number nine all right so number nine um this is a sort of interesting one because uh, there are a few things, like a few games on this list that I, uh, like you said earlier, I haven't really completed. In fact, with most of these games, I have tried to uh, make it so that I've at least played half the game before I put it on the list, and I think this one is the only exception to that rule. Right. And it's Wandersong. Oh! Which means that now I get to talk about the parts of Wandersong that I really got hyped Interesting. Over. Okay. Because uh, I feel like uh, your your like focuses on like how the mechanics interact with the world. And I think that's a really cool thing to focus on because, like mechanically, you could just say, okay, yeah, it's just some eight direction omnidirectional thing, and there are aspects in what little of the game that I've played where both those eight directions sort of correspond to like, all right, we well, have to move this thing in this direction in order to make it work, but also it can be used as sort of like a Simon Says thing because the beauty of music and these melodies is that, like, being able to play them in that order creates, obviously, a melody. Like, you can do da-da-dun, da-dun-dun, but you can't just rearrange them wherever you want. You can't go, you can't go dun da dun 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 That wouldn't make sense. That didn't yeah. make sense either. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's really cool about it is just how they take this idea of a melody and they utilize it in so many creative ways, and... And like, a, like I'd mentioned earlier, it's something where I haven't really gotten a lot of time to sink my teeth into it. I haven't played nearly enough of it, but right. I definitely look forward to playing it again. It was also recommended to me by Blue and by multiple other people saying that it was just a game that I'd be very interested in. And I really am. I'm really liking just a game that's just focusing on what it can do with this whole idea of notes and melodies and all this fun stuff. And the fact that each of the individual eight notes is just do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do on the, uh, I think it's C major. I don't know. But it's, either way, it's just I'd a major so, yeah. scale. I'd say so, yeah. It's probably and, a good guess. 
Yeah, and having an eight-directional thing match up to the eight notes on a scale is just absolutely perfect. And recently I figured out that if you crouch then and sing the notes, then they're an octave lower, which means yeah. that my possibility for making meme songs has gone through the roof. Yeah. I have two octaves to work with now. Octaves? More like the key to life, right? You know what? That really is the truth. I would know I make music. <laughs> Hit me with your number eight. <laughs> my number eight is... One that I did not expect to be on this list. I'm oh, going to really? be honest. Yeah. It's from a franchise that I have not touched in years and have not had interest in in years. Uh-huh. But let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Assassin's Creed Odyssey oh. is a solid game. It is like, okay, I'm really surprised at how much I like it. Um, it is so different from... Not anything that Assassin's Creed has done because, you know, they had Origins, which came out last year. That was sort of in the same vein. But it is it yeah. is different. It is it is a freshness from the Assassin's Creed franchise that I have not experienced in a long time. The last Assassin's Creed game that I played was Assassin's Creed 3, which isn't the most highly regarded one. Is that one? That one's the America one, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I played it on the Wii U. That was a weird time for me. <laughs> Um, (laughs) nothing says peak of gaming like assassin's creed 3 on your wii u (laughs) nothing says right on top right on top of nights on your sega dreamcast nothing nothing says i'm a real gamer girl like i bought this wii u and i've only played nintendo land and the zombie u demo so my friends got me a copy of assassin's creed 3 so i can play it for my birthday I think that whole, like, sentence gave me boils. <laughs> so, okay, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Let me tell you something. This game hooked me in a way that, like, a AAA Ubisoft open world type game hasn't in a very long time. Um, and, I, and I don't know why. That's the thing. I legitimately don't know why, but something about this game is different, and something about this game is gripping. Um, and it's not the story. <laughs> it's not the story. The story hasn't been bad. I will say I, that I made it sound like just then that it was like a, a laughable thing. It's not. It is competent. It's well done. I'm enjoying it so far. But it, 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 it's not. It's like, oh, I've seen this before. It wasn't the story that like gripped me. It was just something about the way the world is laid out, the way that the quests are designed, the way that you sort of find your way around the world. They have this option at the beginning where um you can choose whether you play in like this exploration mode or like you can play with waypoints on all the time. Uh they say that the exploration mode is the uh is the definitive way to play the game. It's the way that it was intended and it's really interesting because uh it's this it's this mechanic where uh you, to to sort of find mission objectives at certain points in missions or when you start a new mission or something, people will give you directions and like verbal information about the place that you're supposed to go and then the mission tracker logs only that information so what you do is you take that information that you know so like for example you want to find someone in uh like this country i don't know if it's country it's like this region focus um so it's like hey this person is located in the like they're in focus they're uh they're like to the west of like what is it like the the isle of the snakes or something like yeah. they're in this area and like they're hidden in a cave behind the temple or something like that. It's a very like not official example, but it, it's it's something like that. And so you take that information and you pull up your map 
and you sort of find where they're talking about because all the all the countries and stuff are marked so you like you have that and so you can sort of like you you can make your own markers so what you do is you you go to that general area that it says they're located in and you mark it and then as you approach that you can call your eagle uh, Icarus I think its name is uh, and yeah. then you sort of get an eagle-eyed uh, view of the place, and it's a little bit forgiving slash hand-holy in the sense that you really only have to hover over the general area, and it'll kind of, like, guide you to where the actual objective is, and then it'll mark it once you locate it. But the fact that they have that extra little bit of agency at all is really cool, and it, it adds a lot, but that's not, like, the thing that got me. That was just, like, a cool thing. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's no doubt that like any game by a triple A title is going to have a whole lot of polish behind it. Like I'd be, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm probably of, I'm far, far, far from a huge fan of Assassin's Creed. Like I'm, I don't want to say I'm a detractor of them, but even with my distaste for the Assassin's Creed titles, I can't deny there's going to be a hefty amount of polish on it. Here's, here's the thing is you say that and for better or for worse, Depending on, you know, your subjective opinions, this game is not Assassin's Creed. This is not the Assassin's okay. Creed of the past. One of my favorite things that this game did, and I think the moment where I was like, oh shit, I love this game, was when you play the intro segment. Uh, you play the intro section, and uh, you get to the final mission of the introduction, like, quote, tutorial section it's it's a very open quote tutorial but it's 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 tutorially it's it's showing you the ropes of the world how to navigate that kind of thing uh but it, it it's not like it doesn't like shove it in your face like this is a tutorial you're learning about the mechanics right now like it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's well done but once you get mm-hmm. to the end of that uh it, it shows like the signature assassin's creed like uh environmental like wide shot it's it's very beautiful it's a gorgeous environment it's set in greece so it's like really, really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give you the title card. Once they show you the title card, it fades out. And when the game loads back up, if I remember this correctly, you are on a boat in the ocean or like about to undock to the ocean. The moment, yeah. that ga- the, moment the game gives you that boat, you can go anywhere. Like the entire map, the entire game opens up. And you have quests, but you can you can do it you can do it like you can do anything and there are there are enemies in other areas if if like you stray off too far the game doesn't stop you but there are going to be enemies and creatures and stuff that are way higher level than you are that are going to destroy you um and i think that like i had an experience because i streamed this game the other day i streamed this sometime last week and i i had an experience where i was like okay cool like this is exactly what i want in games like this like in these in these kinds of rpgs because this really is more of an rpg than a traditional assassin's creed game now um what i it was it's just like it's one of these it was one of these situations where you like you create a story for yourself you create a story of you playing this game that no one else is guaranteed to have if they don't make the same choices but the fact that the game allows you these choices gives you the uh the potential to make these stories so like on stream i was um I was wanting to, so they have this, oh god, there's a lot of layers of ex- explanation I have to do, but I'll try and make it quick. So there's, yeah. there's this mercenary system where um, your character is a mercenary, and uh, so like you can, you're assassin basically, you're hired to kill other people, and there are other mercenaries out in the world, and it's sort of like the, uh, 
what what is that system in Shadow of Mordor? Oh, the the it's not rival system. It's like a no. revenge system. No. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the one you, where, you like, know what I'm talking about. killed it's, you, then he's a dope boy. Yeah, so there, it's, it's sort of similar to that system where when you learn about other mercenaries out in the world, it will, it will reveal them on your mercenary page. Um, and it's just like this ranking of mercenaries, like this lineup. And as you kill more mercenaries, you get higher in the ranks and uh, you get access to more higher level mercenaries. Um, so there was this one mercenary that was like the same level as me, if not like one or two levels above me. So I was like, I can take this guy. Like, I, like this guy is going down. I just need to find him. So I start tracking him. I, I, I just select him, hold down the tracking button. I was like, cool, I'm going to see where he is. He is like 11,000 meters away. <laughs> like he is, he is miles and miles away from me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make the journey. I'm like, if this game allows me to, I'm going to make the journey specifically. Like I'm going to go to another country just to kill this guy. So I start, I like, I it's called dedication. It is. Yeah, no, I was like, I'm determined to kill this guy. I know I can do it. He's the, he's like the only remaining mercenary on my list right now that I know about. So I'm going to go and kill him. So I, I start making the journey and I find this tiny boat. That's just like, it, it doesn't seem to, well, it surely belonged to somebody, but like, I didn't, I didn't know who it belonged to. It was just empty, like near the ocean. So I take this tiny boat and I steal it and I start riding out and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to ride the waters uh, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to make my way out there and kill this guy. My boat gets demolished halfway across the ocean. <laughs> But like what? Just like hard, rough waters? Yeah. Or? No, it is yeah. it is a tiny boat, and the tiny boats in the game are not designed to travel across the ocean. You have you to get it. a bigger boat, and like you already have a bigger boat. And what I didn't realize was there's a fast travel mechanic where you can just travel right to your boat and then undock it. So I'm <laughs> good job. I steal this tiny boat, and I'm halfway in the middle of the ocean, and I'm like, oh my god, there's nothing around me. What am I gonna do? So I I swim myself the rest of the way i'm on another island make my my way across the island i'm like okay what i'm gonna do now is i'm gonna find a bigger boat i'm gonna steal it from somebody and then sail the rest of the way to this other island out and just hijack it and steal it i did yeah no i was gonna be like i'm gonna steal a bigger boat that will actually survive i'm gonna murder an entire crew and steal a boat um so i find (laughs) another smaller boat and i'm like okay i see a couple bigger boats on the water here I'm going to go and I'm going to make my way uh, right across there and see if I can take one of their boats. The boat crashes halfway on my way to another boat, but I did manage to catch one boat. I climb on top. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to kill this crew. No problem. What I neglected to think about was that I'm in an area of the game that the quest line has not designated for me to be yet. So everyone on this boat is jacked jacked and such a high level that their level isn't even designated a number it is just a skull and bones icon and i'm like oh my god so i try i'm like okay you know i'm gonna fight anyway so i start trying hitting them the damage that i do to them is either so minuscule or non-existent that there is no (laughs) visible change in their health bars legit there's just like a crew of people i hit one nothing happens and they're all starting to surround me so i'm like oh shit so i I dive off onto oh no you know what it was my boat hadn't crashed yet my smaller boat so i dive off of the ship onto my smaller boat and i try and make my way to another one that isn't like a military boat like that one was yeah my boat crashes again 
and the other boat is too fast for me, sails away. <laughs> I'm like halfway through the ocean again, and I have to swim by hand the rest of the way. But I did it. And then when I got to the other island, I found the merchant, and I killed him. <laughs> and it was exactly <laughs> what I wanted to do. And I, th- and I threw his body in the ocean, and it was great. And I just love how you just told me just the entire, like, you're like, so there's this guy on the other island, I thought, hmm, there's no way that I can get over there. But then I tried it, and I did it. Also, but, here's the entire odyssey. But no, oh, but do, hey, do, you, see, do you see why I told you that, yeah. though? Because, like, mm, without that, a doubt. Because this game opened up in a way that I wasn't expecting it to, and that I've never experienced from an Assassin's Creed game before. At least, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't looking properly, but... This was new to me. Like, this was fresh to me. And, like, everything yeah. about this, about the game has been like that, you know? Like, it, it has been, like, just this constant string of pleasant surprises and, like, really, really enjoyable scenarios and gameplay that I wasn't expecting from this game. And I cannot wait to play more. I'm not even that far in it. Like, I'm still in, like, the beginning missions. And I'm, like, into it. So, that was a long-winded yeah, I, one. But that's why we're yeah, doing it was, this. It was long-winded, but I still understand completely. Like... I, I do love how games, I always say, like, if the choice is either uh, they can go over there and they can try a sequence break, but everyone's going to beat their nuts in versus, oh, they can't even, we can't even take the risk of them seeing that. Yeah. And definitely go for the first one because there is an understandable risk, especially if you're like, as someone who's been a DM and has been like trying to design like this open-ended experience, I can understand there's always a concern of like, oh, we don't want them to go over there yet because then they'll get the story spoiled for them. But honestly, like, sometimes if you find that bit of the story early, like, unless it's, like, a picture saying your yeah. dad's actually a fish, <laughs> then I think it'll work out just fine. And I'm yeah. glad that uh, I'm glad that it's uh, definitely going against what people usually see when they think of Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, it is, it is so different from anything that I've seen from Assassin's Creed before. Um, and it's, it's like, it's like Origins started taking these steps and I noticed it and I was like, whoa, this looks different. But then Odyssey like took the, took that foundation of change and like rejuvenation for the franchise and like pushed it forward with both hands. Like it is, it's something else. I really like this game. All right. But I'm, I'm done blabbering about Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Play it if you can give it a try. You might like it. You might not. Whatever. What's your number eight? Okay, all right, here we go. For my number eight, um, this is another one that, well, not another one, because, I mean, there, there's one later, it's like this, that I hadn't really heard a lot about, but I'd heard people discussing it sort of among circles, saying that, like, it was really, really nice, there was a lot going for it. And I will say it's definitely one of the first games I've seen in a while that has visuals that sort of made me, you know, like, like legitimately like almost breathless in some points. Huh. And that game is Greece, released by Devolver Digital. Ooh, interesting. Or, Gris. I've, some I've, people say it's pronounced Gris. I think it's Greece. I've heard this by name, but I don't know a lot about it. Please lay lay out a tapestry for me. I will say um it it definitely follows a um funny you should mention tapestry, the whole central point is colors. But anyway, um <laughs> It's a sort of a it's a platformer game with a lot of puzzle elements involved, um, and essentially it's a game that's very much made to sort of be a spectacle, sort of tell a story. And I'm pretty dense when it comes to story, but as far as I can tell, it sort of follows along the experience of this girl, who's 
as far as I can tell, she's living in a statue's hand, and the hand sort of crumbles apart and falls to the ground, and as far as I can tell from this, just from my own, like, looking at it, it's sort of, like, represent sort of a loss, and hmm. how that makes you think. And when you first play the game, it's all in black and white, it's all just, like, different saturations, except for your player character. And as you beat each individual world, you bring a new color back to the world. So, like, after you defeat, after you get past the first level, uh, and you sort of find your way back, and you sort of find your way of coping, you bring the color red back to the world. Oh, wow. And then the whole next level, which is supposed to take place in sort of a desert, is all in this, like, red scale of, like, either real either black and white and red like there's splashes of red some some like red wind red shading it's all just red cool after that after that green is added and you only see the colors red and green involved and then as you pass each level uh it adds a whole new color which is a very very like a very cool sense of progression to see as time goes by but i think the one moment that definitely put this on the list is Right after the moment, um, right after the moment when the opening cutscene stops playing, she experiences her great loss, uh, symbolic or otherwise, and she experiences the great loss, and you see that she's kind of like on the ground, and there's no real showing that like you moved on from cutscene to gameplay. So I'm just like, all right, well, nothing's really happening. What happens if I like tap right? I notice, like, she very, very slowly gets up, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess the animation's still going, because this is, like, a very, very detailed animation. Right. And then she just stands there for a bit, so I'm like... Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, well, well, maybe maybe if I just, like, press left... And then, like, there's this big, grandiose, like, and not grandiose, but it's this very detailed, very, very in-depth animation of her turning around, and even at that point, I was still like, well, okay, I guess the animation's still go... Wait. Wait a second. <laughs> I'll I'll say that that should be a uh, testament enough as a saying that the animation in this game, from the character movements to all the different shading I was mentioning earlier with all the different colors playing around with it, to all the different animations of like any issues that come up, all the backgrounds of it, it's an absolutely gorgeous game. Um, it's not one that I'd say like, oh man, this is the peak of puzzle platforming, right? <laughs> uh, because it's very much, it's very much made for the spectacle of it, made to deliver the looks, yeah, made to sort of tell this sort of message about. As far as I can tell, I'm sure that someone has their own interpretation, but I see is like, it's like it very well sort of tells the story of someone coping with this sort of loss and how it's affecting them, hmm. and just and it's it's a very impactful game, very very artsy for sure, but. It's it's a very very great game, and I'd say that it's definitely one of the games uh, on this list that hit the wow factor for me and had legitimate moments where like I just looked down at it and I was just like, wow. I mean that's why it's called a wow factor, believe yeah. it or not. I, also because holy shit factor is kind it of had, really long and PG-13 it had this rated. wow factor where I it it was placed in front of my eyes. I looked at it and I said, how expected. It has this sort of, um, <laughs> yes, you know, this Burger King, it had a very, I would like eight nuggets and a large fry and a large Coke factor that made me say, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
But yeah, no, um, it's it's definitely a very spectacle kind of game. If you're going into something going like, all right, I need the most technical thing ever, then definitely not a game to enjoy. It's it's very much a game that like if I just ever want to like lean back, not really, not really put too much work into things, and just sort of focus on just leaning back and just being a part of the spectacle. I think that Greece is definitely up there as that sort of game. I think right now, judging by what I've seen, I'm almost done with it. I haven't quite finished it, but from what I've played thus far, it's very, very nice. There also there are also some challenges, despite what I just said. Um, and the mechanics they include to add a semblance of challenge still make the gameplay very, very fresh. Right. So that sounds awesome. I definitely give it a grease thumbs up. <laughs> That's it. Trademark. <laughs> Copyright. Patent awesome. pending. I'll have to yeah, no, yeah I'll have Greece. to check that out. Like I said, I've only heard it by name, but uh yeah. it seems like it's got a pretty good recommendation recommendation. Yeah, I can't talk. It's got a pretty good recommendation, so I'm gonna I'm I gonna check it, it out. Recommend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. On to number seven. We're making our way. Lucky lucky. We're three down. Lucky lucky. Seven to go. Um all right. Uh my number seven is one that I kicked myself when I thought of because I almost forgot about it and I almost didn't put it on this list. Um, some could see this also as kind of like a technicality, uh, but, eh, I don't know. It was important for me to have this on here. So, my number seven, Deltarune Chapter One. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I almost didn't think of this game. I was like, I was trying to rack my brain. I was like, what did I play this year? What did I play this year? Oh my god, Deltarune. Like, how did I almost forget about yeah. that? Um, and I definitely can understand how it can be considered a technicality because it's still a demo. Yeah, it is a it is a chapter one demo to be preceded maybe by a full game years down the line. <laughs> like, but for a, but for a taster, it's definitely a good. It's taste. good. It is good. See, like Undertale is one of my favorite games ever. Um, and this was like this was this was such a surprise. And it was such a pleasant one, and I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, it is, it's a pretty meaty one, too. Like, what, it's like three hours long? Yeah, uh, no, for time. chapter one, and, like, it's even got a full, like, I would say almost a full-length soundtrack. Yeah. It's, 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 it's only about, like, it's only about 40 minutes compared to Undertale's whopping two hours. But there's still, a lot for a chapter to it, one out of how much? There's a lot to it. There's a lot of heart put into it and a lot of time that was put into it. And it is free. It is a free taste of this really, really cool follow-up to Undertale. Um, and honestly, I don't even really know what to say about it, aside from just that, like, it's good. Like, it is, it is really good. It is, a, it is so far a worthy follow-up to Undertale for me. It doesn't, it doesn't quite do the same things, but it, it mm. never had to. It never promised to. And what it is so far is really appealing. It is, it's the same like Toby Fox writing style. It's the same Toby Fox style of composition. It is like, it's, it's got really, really cute character sprites. Uh, the art is really nice. It's got a really wonderful atmosphere and an interesting storyline. And of course, in classic Toby Fox Undertale universe fashion, the characters are so appealing and so Lima. much fun to watch interact. Lancer is my boy, and he will always my be Mancer. my boy. 
Um, and that's really, I don't, honestly, I feel kind of bad because like it's, it's higher up on the list than some of the other ones, but that's really all I have to say about it. And like, and hey, that's fine. It is such a pure, simple form of joy. <laughs> it was such a simple, pure form of joy for me playing this game. And the ending was really surprising in the best way and like really confusing in the best way. And like, oh, I want the rest of this game. I want more of it. I want to know what's going on, what the vision is here, how it ties into Undertale. And like, I know it's not like a sequel or a prequel, but it's, there's something there and there's like a reason, obviously, that he used the same like backdrop. So I'm really interested in the vision of this game. And that's all I'll say about it. We can expand on it. So my number seven, um, this is a game that I was very excited about when I saw it on launch, which only led me to kick myself for not getting it until only a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. And, well, actually, technically I got it a long time ago, but I didn't start playing it until a few weeks ago, which, and after playing it, I started kicking myself even more. Yeah. And that would be Into the Breach. Ooh. Into the Breach was set up from the second I saw it to be a beautiful game that I was going to love. And the fact that I haven't picked up on it until recently is making me angrier by the second. <laughs> but because, no, but at least you oh got to god. it, though. At least you yeah, got no, it. I'm glad I got to it, but oh my god, this is fun. So, for those of you who don't know... Um, me included. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Okay, quick rewind. So, in about, I think, 2014... I don't know the exact date. Two guys came out and they made a game called FTL Faster Than Light. Oh. And people really loved that game. It's a game where you can control a spaceship in real time and it's essentially like Star Trek. Um, Also has roguelike elements where each individual run you have to go through and you have to just survive and carry the cargo and worry about like uh, oxygen on your ship, worry about all that stuff. And I thought it was a really, really great game. I bumped the mic, whatever. Um, I thought it was a fantastic game. I loved it. My gripes about it were entirely based on personal preference sort of things. Like the soundtrack of it was fantastic. The presentation was amazing. The way that you could do, you had freedom to do all these things. Like let's say a bunch of bad guys like decided to board your ship. You could just say, all right, close this door and open up the airlock and have these guys, um, suffocate and die. And you could just have all these different sort of solutions to all these different problems. Um, and it was really great. Everyone loved it. My only gripes with it, like I said earlier, is I'm nev- I was never really a big fan of the real-time strategy sort of vibe. Right. I thought to myself, hmm, you know what type of game I haven't played in a long time that I really, really love that these guys should make? A tactical RPG. <laughs> so then they made a tactical RPG. <laughs> called Into the Breach. And I was like, I need to play this. I'm going to play this the second it comes out. And then three months after it came out, I finally started playing it. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'd like the, the amount of just freedom that goes into the way you approach problems is still pretty present. I wouldn't put it on the same level of presentness as um, FTL because FTL has so much you can do with things. But then again, I, maybe I haven't played enough to unlock all the things. It does play very similarly to FTL. The way it works is um, there's aliens everywhere. You got to get some uh, rangers to go and fight them. But the thing is, in order to win, you have to beat all of the islands without losing once. You have to go all through it in one run. 
right. and everything carries over. So, like, for instance, um, your main goal is to protect uh, all the citizens in a certain sort of area, and each of them have, like, different bits of power, and if their power gets taken down, then you have less power on the next run. So it's sort of like you have one big health bar that every single thing is a part of. I'm not right. sure if I'm explaining it well enough, but it's all just like... I've, I, I don't know if this is the right game that I'm thinking about, but I'm pretty sure I've heard this game described as like, like mech chess. Yes, that is a, that's almost exactly what okay. it was. I think I saw it described as that too. Yeah. But that is a I've, very, I've, I've very good way to describe it. I've heard it from a couple different it. places, but that, that's the biggest uh, mm-hmm. description that I've heard. And that, honestly, like, I wasn't interested in this game before, just because it didn't look mm-hmm. kind of like my kind of game, just, like, visually and, like, the way it was set up. But, like, yeah. the moment I heard it's, like, mech chess, I'm actually interested in playing it now. I'm oh, like, it's incredibly, it's incredibly interesting, because what happens is, um, like, well, I wouldn't, it isn't a one-to-one to chess, obviously, because... Right, of course. You're against everything. Yeah. One thing that's very interesting about it is that at the beginning of your turn, it says, hey, this is exactly what each individual enemy is going to do next turn. So, like, let's say you have some dude who's going to be firing on, uh, God, I wish I had a visual thing, stupid podcast. Um, so, let's <laughs> say you had some, you had this dude, he was going to fire a bullet that was going to go north and it was going to hit a city. So, what you could do is you could get your dude mech to go and use a move that pushes him to the right one. He'll still fire the bullet north, but since you push him to the right, it'll miss the city. Okay. And that's sort of like the big central focal point of the game. They're going to be doing their action no matter what, but you can sort of use your attacks to move them and determine what they're going to be doing next and sort of, uh, I think the right word here, sort of, manipulate their motions and using that sort of concept to sort of say hey make sure they do this but then there's some points where it's like oh but if i push him over there then he'll probably be pointing at one of my units or oh if i do that i'll push him into another unit so both of them will get damaged which is perfect and it's just there's so many different choices to to decide and it's a whole lot of fun a whole lot of great strategy fun and i do like the turn-based strategy approach a lot more than the real-time strategy approach um, just out of personal preference. So, Into the Breach. It's fantastic, and kind of like Wandersong, it's a game that I want to play a lot more because I'm still only scratching the surface of it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'll have to give this a shot when I can. Um, you know, did you ever play FTL? I didn't, no. Uh, it was, it, again, it was one of those where it was like, I knew people loved it, and like I could, mm-hmm. I could see why, but like just looking at it, I was like, this doesn't seem like the kind of thing that I can get into but i should try i don't know like i, I i'm, I'm kind of yeah, sad that like i've never tried based, if you like the turn-based stuff like uh, tactical rpgs then it's definitely right up your alley i definitely want to be more seasoned in like different game genres that i kind of stray away from normally like i don't i don't want to be the person who's like who like specifically doesn't like any game in a certain genre I like i want i want to make sure that there's always a game in a genre that i can get into like like even if like jrpgs like most jrpgs i can't get into but Mm -hmm. like persona 5 i really enjoy and i feel good about that and and like it because knowing that there's at least one game in a genre that i normally don't like that i can get into really 
makes me feel good about the future and being open to more possibilities, that kind of thing. So I'll have to give this yeah. stuff a shot. Like, I want to I wanna be more seasoned in that kind of thing. Heck yeah. And uh, if you ever do Into the Breach, I'd be happy to, like, either stream it with you or do it for Snapkeep, whatever habit. Hell yeah, I'd love to stream it. Woo! All right, number six. Number six. So this is a weird one. Um, I'm actually, I'm only going to be able to say what it is. Um, okay. uh-huh. Number six is the Dreams beta. Oh. I'm currently playing the Dreams beta. All right. There's an NDA. I can say nothing about it. I can't say anything about anything that I've done, the experiences, that kind of thing. I'm in it. That's all I can say. What I will say is it's number six on my list. <laughs> Take from that what you will. And... So public, get hype when it pops off. Public signups for the remaining beta, which ends on January 21st, open up on January 4th. Go sign up if you have a PS4. This game deserves your attention. That's all I can say. Cool. What's your number six, right. Ryan? My number six is, and another instance where I almost kicked myself for missing it, Delta Rune Chapter One. Yeah. Um, You're so I guess close to having of, that like, like I know that number sort of, to number. Like, I feel like we're gonna sync up at least. Okay, I don't there's like know. One, My, the rest there's of one. There's one point where we might sync up. Okay, maybe. I, that I see happening, but I, um, we'll cross the bridge and get to it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I guess I'll just give my comments on it. Uh, that you missed out on because you didn't give a thorough enough I review. I didn't. No, I'm Delta a bad Rune. commentator, a bad podcaster. Drag me through the mud, Ryan. I'll take it. <laughs> Jim's. I thought you were a regular Jimothy Sterling. <laughs> Looks like you're just an angry video game <gasps> nerd. No! I'm sorry, did that make you <sighs> irate? <laughs> All right, that was Shut dumb. your mouth. Okay. Talk about um, Deltarune, dummy. I will. So I touched up on uh, when Penny was going over that the soundtrack in this is absolutely splendid. 100% keeping up with um, the sort of... Uh, pedigree that toby fox has put out with not only his work in undertale but even in homestuck and just he's <laughs> an amazing musician stuck on a video game podcast you know that's a webcomic about a bunch of kids who play a video game right <laughs> and it actually has multiple flash games in it right <sighs> homestuck anyway homestuck. so <laughs> Um, so the music is really good. Obviously, like you said, the characters are on point, the writing's on point, not to mention the newly re redone battle system is something that I'm all over. I love oh, yeah. the fact that it's now party oriented. I love the fact that it's now, um, I'm trying to think of the right words to use here. Um, I like how it shows both sides of the encounter and how everything is like colored. Like it's, it's, yeah, just, without like, a it's, doubt. A, it's a really good expansion. Mm-hmm. And uh, having that whole party system is, like I said, very, very helpful and really adds a lot more depth to the gameplay, Right, I think, which is something that the original Undertale very much needed. And I would put Jevil at almost Sans level of a good boss fight. You know, I never actually played Jevil. Oh. I've never played the Jevil fight. I didn't get to it. I haven't gone back to it. If you ever get around to it, good luck. He's a rough one. Really? I will say that I was I will say I was a little out of line by saying he was almost as good as Sans because Sans as a concept like means so much to me. Like yeah. the, that battle is probably my favorite boss battle in all of video games. So saying the Jevil's close is probably a 
bit overstepping the boundaries and getting lost up in the hype, but it's still a fantastic I mean, you know, boss fight. You can say whatever. It's still a fantastic boss fight, and the world revolving going with it just makes it even more incredible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the music in it's fantastic. The newly revamped system is great. Rules card is my baby. Oh and, yeah. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Also known as literally Flanagan. Yeah, such <laughs> but, a um, yeah. I love him. Com- combining what I said with what Penny said, Deltarune was a really, really good game. And Toby, if you're out there listening to this, if you make the whole thing, I'll buy it. I'm sure that no one else <laughs> shares that sentiment. <laughs> Toby, Toby, listen here. I have a special proposition for you. If, we, if you're listening to this, if you, you make put out, this, I purchase it with my money. This? I will buy it from whatever <laughs> storefront you release it on. Toby, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You release we this game, selling it's deals mine. On trees. You release this game, I will trade you for it. I will trade you in capitalist listen, commerce for this listen, game. Listen, Tobias Fox, this is not something I mess around with on a daily basis. You put it out. You can you can put it out in Epic Games Store. You can put it out on Steam. You can put it out on Origin. You can put a disc in the middle of a muddy road in coming Georgia. I will find it. I will exchange my American dollars in order to own it and then play it. Those those muddy $5 notes will be yours, Toby. For the low, low price of Deltarune, just all of it. Deltarune, just all of it. That's the full name. Oh, Deltarune. Deltarune. <laughs> Deltarune. God, it's so good. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So we're reaching our halfway point. Didn't you say we had we some uh, fun festive time? have a segment. First segment in Snapcast history. So Gracious. I prepared Hi. a game for you. Uh, oh, it's, oh a sm- it's a small one. It's a short one. It's a sweet one. It's it's just. I it's, do like me some games. In fact, a, I've been rating the top ten. Is this going to be number one? Do I have to remake the list because of how much fun this game is going to be? It's a kind of guessing game. Um, oh, it's inspired uh, by the guys over at Kind of Funny Games. I, I really enjoy their show. I really enjoy what they do over there. Please go support them if you haven't yet. They run a sort of like media news com- commentary organization. They're doing really good stuff. If you know Greg Miller back from when he was at IGN. He's one of the heads of this company. They're really great. Anyway, they uh, have this game that they play uh, in their uh, Kind of Funny Games cast uh, called Mobile Game or Bullshit. I'm not stealing Mobile Game or Bullshit, but what I am going to do is Skyrim Spell or Yankee oh. Candle Scent. Okay, I'm listening. I have a list of names here, and you are going to guess whether they are a Skyrim spell that is including spells, shouts, or race powers, or a Yankee candle scent. And I know you are not the biggest Skyrim educated, which is I why you are perfect for this game. Two hours of it. Which is why you are perfect for this game. So, are you ready? Okay. There's ten of I these. Was, I was born ready. So I'm going to I'm gonna name something. You tell me either Skyrim or Yankee Candle. Okay? Okay. All right. Harmony. I expected, like, the second I heard Harmony, I was like, oh, yeah, dude, that's easy. That's, and then my brain was like, well, 
Well, what is it, Ryan? <laughs> what do you say? Skyrim uh, you... spell or Yankee candle scent? I'm going to go with Skyrim on that one. Okay. Beware. You're not even going to tell me until the end. No, I'm not going to tell you until the end. Beware. Is that a Skyrim spell or a Yankee candle scent? That seems like there's no way that could be a Yankee candle scent, but at the same time, that would be way too easy. So I'm going to say Yankee candle scent. Okay. Equilibrium. Oh, God. <laughs> I despise this game. This is the I'm worst so game you've ever I'm so happy. This is with. exactly what I hoped it would be. Skyrim spell or Yankee candle scent? Equilibrium. Um, there's probably, I'm trying to think, there'd be a, have to be, it'd probably be like something to heal a dizzy beat debuff. But at the same time, like, is, it's a question of if there's a dizzy debuff in uh, Skyrim, which I'm going to say no. So Yankee candle. Okay. Chrysanthemum. I hate it, because <laughs> everything in my brain is saying, it's a candle, dude, it's a candle. But there's one little bitty voice that sounds like little Tiny Tom in his song, Tiptoed Through the Tulips, saying, but, th but think about it for a second. <laughs> little Tiny Todd saying, it just works. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just for that joke, I'm putting it in the Skyrim. Okay. Daybreak. All right, that one's a Yankee. All right. Revenant. Again, every single voice <laughs> in my head saying, dude, Revenant, that's gotta be Skyrim. <laughs> but then a little Leslie Nope in the back of my mind doing her freaking notes at the Pawnee branch of Parks and Recreation Department Jesus. going like, hey, listen here. It's me, Amy Poehler, hit voice actress from Disney Pixar movie Inside Out, and also hit star of Parks and Recreation. It, what if, what if there's just, what if Yankee, what if Yankee Candle just kind of said fuck it, and just made Revenant a candle? I don't know. I, I looked at the entire, from what I understand, the entire catalog of Yankee Candles. There's some weird ones on there, so. Yeah, that doesn't help me in the slightest, though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I know it doesn't. All right, all right. All right. I'm just going to go with my gut, and I'm going to say that it's the rim of the sky on that okay. one. Clear sky. That one is a candle. Okay. Uh, I'm, ready, I'm ready to, like, have it be revealed that I got none of these right. We'll <laughs> by see. By some miracle. Okay. It's definitely possible. Uh, no, don't say that. <laughs> okay, make waves. This is the worst. <laughs> I'm gonna say fuck it to the grain. That one is a candle. Okay. And that hurt. That hurt to say, but I know there's some terrible, terrible truth within me, just like hearkening inside me, saying the truth is gonna disappoint you. Just say it's a candle. Okay. Uh. Clear skies. You already did that one. No, I didn't. What, what was that one a couple before? Clear sky. This is clear skies. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I think what you just did breaks Geneva Convention. <laughs> All right, 
Fuck it. That one's the Skyrim spell. Okay. And last but not least, Mass Paralysis. (laughs) I... I feel like the punchline here is that that's a candle, but right now you're trying to fake me out so hard (laughs) that you want to get on camera, like, put a headline up saying, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Chongo Show thought that mass paralysis was the name of a fucking Yankee candle. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, just, I'd, I'd rather be wrong in this question then handle the fallout of a ruse where I legitimately think that mass paralysis is the name of a candle produced by the Yankee Candle Company. So my vote there is Skyrim spell. Okay. How many that is all did of I them. get right? All right, so I'm going to go down the list. Harmony. You said Skyrim spell. Harmony... Okay is a Skyrim spell. Okay, I'm not all wrong. Okay. Beware. You said Yankee Candle. Beware is a Yankee Candle. I'm telling you, subversion, baby. (laughs) Okay, Equilibrium. You said Yankee Candle. Equilibrium is a Skyrim spell. What does it do? I don't know. Chrysanthemum. You said Skyrim spell. Chrysanthemum is a Yankee candle. Ah, I knew the subversion wouldn't go that far. Uh, Daybreak. You said Yankee candle. Daybreak is a Yankee candle. All right. Revenant. You said Skyrim spell. Revenant Mm -hmm. is a Skyrim spell. Okay. Clear sky. I hate you. You for this said still, Yankee Candle. I'm a. I'm just a clear sky is pot of boiling water. A Yankee Candle. I don't even. Okay, continue. Make waves. You said Yankee Candle. Mm-hmm. Make waves is a Yankee Candle. Wow, I'm doing surprisingly well. Clear skies. You said Skyrim spell. Clear skies is a Skyrim spell. Oh, because, like, it's a, is clear, like, a verb in that instance, yes. I guess? Yes, it is. Oh, man, I see you. I uh-huh. see you, English language. Mass paralysis. Okay. <laughs> you no. said and Skyrim it, spell. My entire score means nothing if this is a Yankee candle. Nothing means anything if this is a Yankee candle. Don't Mass you say Mass paralysis it. is a Yankee. It's, it's a Skyrim spell. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh thank God. <laughs> that was a joke, oh, thank Jesus. Oh, you did really well. You only got two wrong. Two out of ten. That ain't bad. Yeah, I, that's a B. Should play this again All sometime. Right. I have a few left over. Oh, excellent! I can't wait to experience an existential crisis where I, where I have an inkling in my mind that says, "Hey, what if Yankee Candle?" You have an inkling in your mind that says, "What's your number five? My number five is so much lower than I expected this to be. Smash Brothers Ultimate. Mm. Hey, uh, uh, do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna catch this? Because I feel like I might be throwing some hands. Listen, to, you know, listen. Nah, nah, nah. I. I'll joke the aside. The rest, gonna... the rest of the games on this list are so good. 
I, I legitimately know. expect this expected this to be like at least my number three. That is not how that worked out. Yeah, honest to God, I have respect for wherever you put it because I understand how it is as a game, and yes. we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it when yes. I do mine. But, but Smash Bros. Ultimate, this is putting it at number five, is not to diminish how good of a game it is because smash brothers ultimate is definitely my favorite smash game it is so well realized in almost every aspect but Mm -hmm. like i don't really i don't really have the stamina or like all the know-how to talk about every single thing like just going down the list i can just say like it's good 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 like one of the biggest things however just on a surface level is the absolute unit of a character roster like oh yeah this game almost has a hundred fighters like it's up it's getting close it is getting up there to the point where we could reasonably see a hundred fighters like within the next few games like if if they do make more like this game really is like the ultimate smash brothers experience in terms of character roster Every single person that has ever been in a Smash Brothers game is here, and then some, and then more to come down the line. Like, that's ridiculous. Without a doubt. I adore it so much, and I'm sure that in the event that it's on my list, I'll probably have a lot to say about it then. But, right. <laughs> but that's, that's only in the odd spell, so don't, yeah. don't be looking forward to it. Unlikely, but we'll see if it happens. Um, mm mm-hmm. I've really been enjoying this game for the single-player content, actually. Um, I really enjoy World of Light. It definitely has its flaws. Uh, yeah, the single-player content is not perfect. There's a lot of stuff that they left out. I really wish this game had Smash Run. I think that Smash Run was, like... Smash Run is, like, one of my favorite Smash modes to ever exist. I, 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 like, I really feel the loss of Smash Run in this game. But with that being said, World of Light is great. World of Light is huge. It's it's enormous. It's so long. I like I'm I'm not even close to being done with World of Light yet, and I've been playing it since like a day or two after it came out. Like like it's it's crazy meaty. Um it's very very fun the way that they sort of incorporate the spirit battles and like find Oh god, yes. I I know that you have opinions about this, but the way I'm... they the way they find ways to like utilize existing characters on the roster to represent different characters in other series that will never get a chance to be represented as their own fighter is so clever and genius and they don't only do it in world of light but that's where the majority of it is they also do it in classic mode which is yes. so well realized yes, in this yes, game yes, 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 yes. you want to talk about classic mode for a little bit like i'm i'm kind of trying to save my bit for just a huge okay, chunk yeah, at the end but, but I essentially I agree with you whatever you're going to say in the future about classic mode mm-hmm. because classic mode is so so well done. I oh my god, I just remembered so specifically the moment I was like holy shit like this is the best classic mode that has ever been in a smash game in my opinion. Um it was when I was playing the I, Sonic I campaign. Agree. I was when it was when I was playing the Sonic the Hedgehog uh classic mode campaign and they have a battle against quote sp- uh, silver <laughs> you yeah. you fight against silver the hedgehog um and w- <laughs> well actually i don't know if this was in the classic mode or if this was in world of like either way the the way they oh, handle the way it, they handle sil- 
I think I know what you're talking about, but keep going. It was Silver the Hedgehog, whichever one it was. Either way, the way that yeah, they handle the way they handle representing other characters as fighters. I guess I'll go back to World of Light then. But like, no I was fighting Silver the Hedgehog, and the first thing that they that they have happen in the quote Silver the Hedgehog fight is this Silver <laughs> Sonic stands in front of you and drops a, drops black, a black hole, hole. so you're suspended in midair in front of Silver the Hedgehog which I, the the moment I, I realized so what was going on I lost my mind like I was on I was like oh my are you kidding me they put this I, in here I know I love it so much I it love was, it I remember um on, on stream I had everyone in the chat go like all right everyone say it with me <laughs> Cause like, cause like, there was that whole loading screen where it was yeah. like, "You're about to fight," and I'm like, uh, "It's no use, everybody." And, it and then he happens. threw it, and I was like, oh. <laughs> "It's so so good." But like, I so that wasn't classic mode like I thought it was. But even classic yeah, but mode still, is classic like mode that. is. I I told you about like when all the info was being like yeah. slowly leaked out, and I told you something that I saw, which I'll tell in my portion if I talk about Smash Ultimate. If um, yeah, I'll I'll get on that. But this game does have a lot of charm, and I'll leave that as my preview for my yeah. version. So like it's just it's just so complete. It's just such a complete game. It's like so much so much music. So so many characters, so so much content in World of Light, so many spirits to unlock, so many things to do. Some of them are not quite up to par to other things, you know, there are a few things that are mm. wrong here and there. The online is not the best. I haven't had the best experience with online. There are a couple things where I was like, eh, this is a little weird. Like the like the sheer difficulty of some of the unlock battles was kind of like a little bit of a turnoff to me. I, I got them all in one day. Like it wasn't a turnoff yeah. to the point where I was like, I'm, I don't like this. This is a clear negative. It's just like a little yeah. weird. I heard got, that they kind of like down the difficulty the, of some yeah, of those. I've got comments on like all these things. I'm just going to save them for when yeah. it's my turn because uh, I'm going to go I, I, I do enjoy how difficult the AI can be though. Like, like I, I think it was yeah. a little bit weird how they kind of made some of the fighter unlocks like seem to like just fight so hard not to be unlocked. Like I think... I think Jim Sterling actually said it like he was just like he was like uh, some of these characters so badly do not want you to unlock them. It's kind of weird. Um, but other than that, like everything about it otherwise, other than some of the hitches here and there, it is the best Smash game, in my opinion. It is so well realized. The quality of life improvements from the UI to some of the placement of the things in the menus, like having rules appear first, like it's so so well thought out in some areas like that that it's it's just like it's hard to ignore that they really put their heart into this game and uh, i'm just i'm really satisfied with it and it's on the switch which means it's portable in a way yeah, that smash nuts. 3d was but in such a new and complete way. way that smash 3d wasn't um smash 3ds i mean i should clarify yeah. uh but mm -hmm. yeah so it's wonderful it's my number five what's your number five ryan all right so, um, I just realized we spent a lot of time on that, and we're going to spend even more time when it gets... Oh, yeah, no, it's no problem. It's no problem. We got time. All right. So, number five is another game that I had heard a lot about. I'd only seen it in screenshots. I didn't know anything about it, but, like, five minutes into playing the game, I was hooked on it entirely, and that is Return to the Obra Din. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. We can finally... Right, so, yeah, I was about to say, we, we, we kind of... 
teased this one this earlier. Is, and, this like, bring is it definitely up. one of those like a screenshot grabs you kind of games. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, what do you know about the game before I go into this? I'm curious. I know well, that it is sort of like. I'll, I'll say better question. Do you know about what like the main gimmick of it is? Um, outside I'm, of the visual presentation. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm. I'm pretty positive it's like a puzzle kind of game. Um, I don't oh. really know much about it. Oh, no. Oh no. Oh boy. All right. Okay. I get to explain to you. Well, I, I know. I know. Then I guess I just know the visual presentation. I know there's like yeah, a okay. book that you yeah. swipe mm-hmm. through. Other than I'll that, open. I'll open up and I'll say that. Um. Return to the Urban. First of all, I'm going to touch on the visual presentation. Then I'll tell you about what makes the game great, in my opinion. Which I'm, which I kind of wish if I had known about it earlier, I would have bought it way earlier. But okay, I'm I'm teasing that right now, giving a little teasey tease. Yeah. So, so visual, visual presentation. presentation. If you've ever seen a screenshot of this game, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's first of all, it's by the guy who made Papers, Please. Yes. So clearly, his visual style was sort of like apparent in um. Papers, please, with like it being very dark and gloomy, and kind of like with um, the whole deal with that I had with FTL and those creators versus Into the Breach, is that like Papers, please looked like a game that was really, really nice, but I couldn't do with that whole dark and foreboding and oppressive atmosphere. That wasn't me. So the fact that they made this new game that has these differences really, really helped me out personally in order to enjoy the game. Um, and it, so back to the visual presentation. Um, it's in what I've seen described as one bit graphics. Every yeah. single pixel on screen is either completely black or completely white or the black, not black, depending on uh, what sort of a uh, filter you have on it. You can filter through different filters. My personal had a bit more of a blue tint, but it's all either one color or the other. And it uses this sort of like weird aspect of shading that can sort of a uh, create this very um very unique and very very interesting sort of feel to it right now the thing that uh hooked me on the game five seconds and let me let me tell you how the game starts because i'm not spoiling too much in doing this so essentially the game starts and you're part of the east india trading company and there's this boat that's a part of this east india trading company and it's been out and no one really knows what happened to it for a bunch of years it kind of got lost in the records and people just assumed, oh, something terrible must have happened to it. What a damn shame. Um, however, eventually, it came back. And everyone's thinking, like, oh, this is not a good thing. And you go, and with you, you get brought this box. You open it up, and inside is this compass saying memento mortem, which is Latin for remember death. Very, very spooky. Essentially, every... Single member of the crew died on that ship, obviously. But it just kind of came floating back. Okay. So the first thing that you do is you walk up to... uh, You see just a skeleton laying down on the ship of a dead body. And you see that you can open up your compass. So you click it, and everything goes black for a moment. You hear a discussion between, like, two sailors saying, Oi! We're going to break down this door, Captain, if you don't give us our money's worth, or something to that extent. I don't remember the exact thing. Right. And then you hear, you want it? Come and take it. And you hear a gunshot, and then time freezes. You can see everything. What, what you do is each dead body that you scan, you see the exact freeze frame moment of when they died. And you can just walk around and take a look around at everything. 
of these exact freeze frames. And the whole story is just finding out how, what happened to this ship, how each of these people died, and between the way that the story is told, I don't want to give spoilers as some things that happen, but between the way the story is told, the way the visual presentation is provided, and just being able to use all these different tools at your disposals from sketches of what they might have looked like and being able to compare and go like, oh yes, this is the person who is that person in the photo. And hearing all these audio cues that sort of slowly deliver this sort of idea of what happened and having it just slowly unfurl, making it a bit more like a mystery and just figuring out in this way is just something that's so absolutely appealing to me, especially considering that it's, without sounding like a, too much like a trailer, it's really not what it seems. <laughs> but it, it really, really isn't. Like, it starts with mutiny, but then it sort of becomes more than that. And of course, I don't right. want to spoil too much, but it really is just a very, very fascinating game with a lot of moments that, between both how it looked and both just the content on the screen and some of the things that happened in gameplay, gave me some of those wow moments I mentioned with Greece. And I just think that, like, Return of the Oberdin, I'm still not done with it yet. I am looking forward to when I finish it because it's definitely a story game with a lot of very, very interesting concepts behind it. And it's, it's just something that's very, very stylized, which I love. Oh, yeah. Something with a whole lot of very interesting storytelling, which I also love. And Yeah, stylistically, it speaks for itself. Like, like you, don't, you don't have mm-hmm. to take more than one look than to, you know, be intrigued and say, like, okay. This is an interesting look. Why yeah, does it look this way? What gameplay elements are paired to justify it looking this way? It's it's really cool. Yeah, and just like and there's just so much I could go into like the depths of the uh, game design. I'll talk about a few moments without spoiling too much. Like that first moment that I mentioned when you first look at the death. The very right. first thing you see is you're looking down the barrel of the gun that fires into the person's <laughs> face. And just having that moment be the thing that cuts from black to is just such a jolt to the system. That's so and it's cool. an immediate way of saying, oh, this is what this game's about. Awesome. And another thing that happens um, that I'm not going to spoil as to what is seen. In fact, it's only going to make it sound like more of a tease to the game. But there's one point where uh, you find a dead body that's sort of lying in a corridor uh, on the side of the ship. And each little slat shows like um, a different sort of uh, like a different. Like, you have different slats that show the center of the ship. And you scan the uh, dude with the compass. You go back in time to the moment that he died, and you see that uh, you hear people say, like, Hey, you gotta get that thing! Quickly, just fire! And then there's a firing noise, and you see that the bullet went through the wood to kill the guy that was behind the wall. But it doesn't let you out of that little hallway, and you can only see what's going on outside through the different slats. And not only does each individual slat show a very specific angle of what happened, but each one, for some of the things, without spoiling, obviously, is so limiting, and it's the first time that you see a certain aspect of the game that it just leaves you just craving more and just thinking to yourself, oh my god, what? And it's just such, it's such solid story, like, Interactive storytelling like this, I'm so glad that I am getting to experience. I yeah, no, so, I've wanted to play this game for a little bit now. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I'm definitely gonna check this out when I can. I'm, I would be I would be honored to gift it to you and oh, yeah. uh, just and just just play through it with you. Oh, that I'd really appreciate that. Actually, that'd be so cool. That. That'd be so much fun. We should Heck do yeah, that. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I would love to do that. 
Yes. All right, okay. so that's my number five. We're going to do that. That's awesome. I can't wait to play that. All right. Me neither. But we got to move on. Four mm-hmm. left. Well, I mean, technically eight left, but four yeah. left. <laughs> it's, it sounds better when you say four left. So uh, number four, my number four. So this may seem like a weird one, but do remember this, uh, this, is a very, September. this is a very personal list. This is very experience based. Um, and okay. I feel correct and justified in putting this here based okay. on how much fun this game has been and like how much how much of a, almost a routine this game has been, honestly. Um, and I am talking about none other than Beat Saber for the PlayStation VR. Oh, wait, do you have VR? I do have, I have PlayStation VR. I've had PlayStation VR for a couple months now. I haven't made like a big deal about it, but um, I'm telling you, VR is so good. Beat Saber is so good. There are like like other VR games that I could put on here had they been released this year, Um, like Super Hot VR, Skyrim VR, uh, Sprint Vector, like, I want to try Astrobot soon. Like, there are so many good games that are starting to come out for VR. Like, now is the time to start getting serious about looking into getting one if you haven't yet. Um, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an expense. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, oh, it's easy. Go get one right now. Like, obviously, you're going to have to prepare for that kind of thing if you're not the most well-off. But mm-hmm. I have not regretted my purchase yet. Um, Without so, a doubt. I've been, I've been thinking about purchasing it. My only problem is uh, right now I am in an apartment and yes yeah. i just don't have enough space to do it of but the course. second i get to a position where i have enough space to make it happen i'm 100 percent getting it and in the meantime and like there's let a me tell you buy that just does a thing where it's like hey pay x number dollars an hour to play vr and i'm willing to go there like frequently right like so to transition into talking about the game a lot of people's problem with vr has been there's not the killer app you know like there are some good games for VR, but there's not like the one game right now that if you pick up a VR, you're going to get this game alongside with it. Beat Saber is that game. I would argue yeah. to say that things mm-hmm. like Super Hot are also, quote, that game, but Beat Saber is the most definitive example of the virtual reality killer app I have ever, ever seen and I have ever now experienced. Because Beat Saber is, it is so addictive it is so like it is it's a buzzword it's immersive like like that's a buzzword but like it's it it is so engrossing in like every single way it is like i am enraptured by this game like like and so is like my entire family like like everyone that i show this game to like the like the next time they get a chance it's like can we play beat saber like it is constant like can we play beat saber can you set up the vr so we can play beat saber and always i'm like well, not always because sometimes I'm tired, but like most yeah. of the time I'm like, yes, let's play Beat Saber. Like it is so much fun. And the cool really thing is. about so so PlayStation VR version of Beat Saber, unfortunately, has some limitations with like legality and stuff that they haven't been able or like they won't be able to implement like custom songs like there is in the PC version. So if you have the choice, yeah. definitely get the PC version. But even if you like if, if you're only able to get a PlayStation VR what for like price or like hardware like whatever reason that may be you are not missing out really on like you're not you're not oh god i hesitate to say you're not getting a a lesser experience because obviously on pc you have like this infinite library of songs but i have been so satisfied 
and so like I feel so complete about what they offer with Beat Saber on VR and they're still adding songs and they plan to add more songs in the future. So it's not like what you get now is what you will always have. Like literally the other day they just added Pop Stars by KDA. Like that's a song now on Beat Saber and it is just as fun as you would expect it to be. I love that song. It came out of nowhere when they added it. It was a free download. Like it's so cool. And I guess just I'll give an overarching explanation for those who don't know what this game is and have heard me talking and are like, okay, but what is the game? The game yeah. is this. You have two controllers um, and your controllers are represented in the game as lightsabers. Um, like legally they can't be called lightsabers, but they're yeah. light swords. They're lightsabers. You're holding no, no, two lightsabers. It's a lightsaber. And you're holding lightsabers and playing a rhythm game where there is a a huge long corridor in front of you and coming at you are little cubes with arrows on them like tiny little white they're more like triangles they're like tiny triangles that that work as arrows and your job is to cut the cubes to the beat of the song that is playing the song that you've chosen in the direction of the arrows and it is such a simple concept that uh i don't know if i'm getting this exactly correct but the developers of this game, when they were making this game, were able to get the concept done in such a short amount of time that, like, for the majority of the development cycle, was it, they were just polishing the gameplay mechanics that they had already figured out. And it is such a sound concept. It is, it is a concept that can only work in VR, and because it can only work in VR, and it is so... It's, it's, almost, like, it's almost like a no-brainer. Like, like you play this game and you're like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this before, but it makes sense why someone would think of this as a concept for a VR game. It is, it makes sense. It's fun. It's intuitive. It is addictive and it is completely consuming. It is, I love it. It's a good workout. <laughs> like it, it's really, yeah, no, that's definitely a hard agree there. It can get you going. Uh, like I use, uh, there were a few times where like I would wake up and I was like, I need to exercise today. Before I really get started on things, I feel like it would help me out. So I would just turn on Beat Saber. And, you know, it's like been it's been like tracked that like playing Beat Saber like burns the same amount of calories as like playing a game of tennis. If you do it long enough, like Mm -hmm. it's cool. It's cool. It's fun. Check it out. If you get the chance, if you have a VR and you haven't gotten this game yet, please, please check it out. You will not regret it. Um, I feel confident in saying that the only person I have ever seen that doesn't like Beat Saber was a little kid who was just saying he didn't like it so he could play super hot instead. Like, like that's... <laughs> I'll, I'll say um, I've been playing uh, quite a bit of uh, VR in my experience without actually owning one. That's kind of the reason I didn't include any, but... Um, yeah. I, 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 can, I might do a quick, just because I don't have any VR on the list. Is, is there yeah, right of if course. I do, just do like a speed round? Yeah, of no. Like, yeah, go on. Of right reviews, VR games, whoa! So first of all, Beat Saber is worth the hype. It is 100%... Um, fall living up to that hype because it is a fantastic game and just like like penny was saying the execution is fantastic um i'll add on just a couple other games just because i want to talk about them just yeah this is a little speed thing um super hot vr is definitely is definitely worth like that sort of idea of that kid who wanted to play it instead of Beat Saber. Not because Beat Saber is uh-huh. bad, but just because. Yeah, no, but it's hot, because Super Hot yeah, is no. also very good. I, I played, I played I, the PC version of Super Hot before playing VR, and 
they're like different beasts entirely. And I was really yeah. surprised to see that VR was like specific, like a new, a newly designed yes. version of the game. Like it's I so will say, cool. I will honestly say that I think that Super Hot VR is the way that Super Hot was meant to be played. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just because I, there, I there are some games, there are some games that like this whole VR thing doesn't really contribute to the overall uh, gameplay outside of the fact that it's like oh. You're in the game. Like for instance, right. I played a um I played a sort of a portal spin-off game that was for VR and it was <laughs> it, it was like alright to do it in VR, but I didn't really get anything out of it that I wouldn't have gotten right. out of the gameplay out of outside of like ducking underneath some cover. You didn't feel like the justification was all there. Yeah, I didn't feel like the justification was all there. Although it did feel really nice to just be able to do that in VR because it's overall cool. But yeah. Super Hot is one hundred percent a game where that applies because Wow. And yeah, then it's the good. final game, the final game I want to talk about, just because um, while I was up in a VR thing and I was given a whole lot of time, I just like found found myself just popping into this game, just playing it for hours and hours and hours, and that is Windlands. It's Ooh. um, the way the game works is pretty simple. Is uh, at the beginning of the game, you're just on a bunch of floating islands, and you are given two grappling hooks. Ah. It is the closest I can think of. To getting Spider-Man in VR. Yeah, yeah, I was. And, I, I thought that's where that was going. Yeah, and oh my God, you're gonna is, have to. You're gonna have to send me the name of this game so I can see if it's on the PlayStation VR. I I think it is, and oh my God, is it? It is absolutely. Please type worth it, it in and, the chat really quickly. And I, I will say, yeah, for the sake of um doing it, I will say that like play it on easy first because okay. the whole it's like a whole challenge mode of the game where it's like you don't oh, think let's I'm a real Spider-Man fan girl? No, let's. Listen, let me let me elaborate real quick as to why I'm saying this cuz I I don't doubt that you are a true spider female. Um the thing is with this game is that like the medium and hard setting that's for stuff where it's like hey, there are specific spots that are bushes and your webs can o- your grappling hook can only latch onto bushes, which develops this whole idea of challenge. But right. honest to god, first time you play the game it's so much fun just to mess around with these grappling hooks and just latch on to anything. That it's, sounds awesome. It made it it, it it was incredible. Like there were there were moments where I like felt legitimate like vertigo where I was like peeking over an edge in VR and looking down and I felt that turn in my stomach. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like and like there were moments where I was like, all right, let's just do a swing around this sort of uh floating island thing. And like it, it you just I know this is like just basic VR stuff, but it was so nuts. Definitely no, check it yeah. out if you can. I uh, I will I guess... also add that Skyrim VR is actually like surprisingly works really well for me. I like oh, it, it. It really kind of rejuvenated my enjoyment of Skyrim because like I'll play it, like Skyrim is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, it's intensely flawed and like having yeah. it be one of my favorite games for such a long time. I can see all of like the glaring imperfections and missed opportunities, but I still love the game to death. But I try and play it nowadays and I just can't get myself into it again like i appreciate it for for what it did give me back when i was first playing it but i've seen really so much that it has to offer that i feel kind of burned out skyrim vr is one of the only times i've ever played skyrim again and been like this is new like this is something that i haven't done before it's so cool anyway we can talk about vr forever uh let's move on to number three or wait no No, number four that's right yeah sorry 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 i had crossed out number four Okay, what's your number four? So it's funny that you brought up a, a rhythm game for number four, because mine is also a rhythm game. Okay. Um, it released 
on a bunch of spots, and it's definitely one of the most unique rhythm games I've ever seen, and I've adored playing it, and I do want to get past those final levels because it's hard as nails, but I think it's going to be worth beating it, and that is just Shapes and Beats. Yeah, I thought so. I I wanted to play this, but man, I just didn't. God, it is... I mean, I'm a fan of your bullet hell games, and I'm a fan of rhythm games, and seeing these two types of games just, like, work together in tandem like this is something that's just so good to see. Oh, yeah. Like, like I love when there's a happy marriage between two genres, and this does it in absolute spades. And not only does it have each individual song with a very, 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 very nice sort of bullet hell, which matches the music perfectly, which is something I'm an absolute sucker for, but even the stuff outside of that, like your world maps of it, everything outside of it, the visual aesthetic, the quote-unquote story, all still delivers just a very large amount of charm. So it isn't just like, welcome to Bullet Hell, pick your song. <laughs> Which would have been great in and of itself, but it has this story mode behind it where even within the levels itself, it incorporates a story into it so it makes a sort of narrative sense within it. Which is something that's very, very cool. They didn't have to that do cool. that. Yeah, but they did. Like one of my favorite things ever is when games just go the extra mile like that. When 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 you can tell that someone cared about their project and understood that a decision would be the right decision to make, even if it meant extra work, even if it wasn't necessary to make a good game, they decided this was worth it enough to make a great game. That is one of my favorite things in the world. Like every time a game does that, it. I think it has such a positive influence and such and sets such a positive precedent for the rest of the industry. Without a doubt. And if I hadn't forgotten about Beat Saber, then this would be the <laughs> this would be the best rhythm game of the year. Um Beat Saber does beat it out, but I'm not changing that because I'm sticking to my guns and I want to. Oh talk yeah, about no, like you have every beats. you have every right to, you know, think whatever yeah, way no, you but- want. But Just Shapes and Beats is still just a fantastic game because it gives me all the love. Because I remember I was even like looking through, um, I was looking through a bunch of other games today. Just like I saw an ad from Nintendo, it was like advertising this game called Flat Heroes, and I'm like, whoa, that game looks really cool. It's like a sort of simplistic style uh, rhythm hell, not rhythm hell, bullet hell sort of game that looks really really cool. I mean, hey. And then halfway, <laughs> and then halfway through playing that, I was like, wait a minute. Didn't I already play Just Shapes and Beats? Wait, did that come out this year? Let me add it to the list. Yeah, that's funny. Just because I thought it came out earlier, I thought I w- it would be a technicality game, but it's not. And thank the Lord, because it's, it's a really, really fun game. And the best part, there's like a co-op mode, and I've, I've showed multiple people the co-op mode, just because I want to show them just how great and how much fun and how much just in-depth to this. And the soundtrack's great, too, on top of all that. Oh, yeah. So... I give it a solid shapes out of beats. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's like an All online right. co-op, right? Like I I remember really yeah. I remember I watched the trailer for this game and I was like, I should play that with Ryan sometime. And I just I never yeah. got my hands on it. And I think well, I mean, I know that uh, I don't know if online co-op works on the Switch version, but I know I have the Switch version. But then again, the PC version I think has a it has like a custom song thing either upcoming or happening already, Ooh. so Cool. I need. I might just have to get the PC version yeah. as well, but the Switch version still does wonders, especially since you can just pop controls and just oh, yeah. say, "Hey, Buster, check it out. It's a thing. I'm sharing the joy." I never want to talk to Buster after again after what he did. Yeah. No. I mean, I thought that like 
he was cool, but then he was ratted on DW, and it was just a mess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, we're at our top now three. Now number three. Top three. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yes, it is. All right. Okay. I See, feel like I, think I, the def- one thing I definitely that... know where two of yours lie, but I'm, oh, yeah, I don't no. know the placement, and also I'm curious about the secret third one that I don't know about yet. The secret third one, you might have you a little disappointed, but really I, that's fine. when we get to it. It's, I think hey, I'm... if it's yours, it's yours. I, I have no, mm-hmm. I don't have any reason to be disappointed about whatever you put on yours. Um, okay. So, my number three, I'm, I'm oh, finally a real gamer on. girl, going along with the hype here. God of War, baby. All right. I think we have I, a match. I finished it. Wait, what? I was about to say, we're going to have a match, but we'll cross okay, that okay. when we get was, to I it. Gonna, uh, I was like, you have a war? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I snuck away and I played it in this uh, little time pocket I have here. Oh, man, I wish. I also played um, Spider-Man. I'm still bad at it, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, but God of War, it's worth the hype. If, man. If this yeah, I heard, were, it, I heard. I remember. I heard you telling me that it birdmanned in terms of the way that it shot itself. Yes, like cinematography yes. Oh wise, which is really cool. Thank you so much. Because like, I was gonna find a way to bring this up anyway. But like, just right off the bat, I'll go ahead and say this entire game is presented as one unbreaking camera shot. Cutscenes and gameplay never split up. It is all the same thing. The closest you will get is a fade to white every once in a while. But then it fades back and it's in the exact same angle. That's the only sort of cheat that you'll get there when you're like transitioning through like a fast travel door or like going through like a specific kind of magical barrier or whatever. But they don't ever like they don't ever intentionally they don't ever intentionally try and cut corners with that kind of thing. It's only when it's necessary. And and even then it doesn't break the the effect. The effect is all still there. The entire game is one camera shot and it is so ridiculously impressive like can you imagine the amount of direction that had to go into that to make that work because like movies have a hard enough time doing it and they're not interactive god of war is an interactive experience where you can like use anything and happen it's it's a it's a pretty linear game but like it's 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 still an interactive experience there are still very matter of creating a sort of mechanic where the camera stays in a certain yeah spot yeah, I mean, it, like in my mind, I can imagine like, oh yeah, well, I mean, I suppose they could do this, that, or the other. But there's a whole different ball game from imagining something and legitimately yeah. executing on it. And and here's the thing: you have camera control. It's an over-the-shoulder camera. It's not like the previous God of Wars, where like everything is very uh, intentionally cinematic, and like they don't really give you camera control very often. Um, from what I remember and understand, at least I haven't played the previous God of War games. But um, I mean, hey, that's another point. This game is is new. It is something that God of War has never been before, and it's all for the better. Um, it's my only God of War game, and I am not upset about that. It is it's so well realized. You can tell the heart that went into it. And like, if I was gonna say earlier before you brought up the camera thing, uh, like thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to point that out eventually. But I did want to no say, problem. if this were like any other year where two other games came out that were not personally important to me in some way, this probably would have been my number one. Um, That's fantastic. It is so well-realized. Like, I, I don't even know where to start with it, honestly. Like, I could dedicate a whole podcast to talking about this game if I wanted to, but um, obviously I'm going to keep it pretty short because we have a few more to get to, but, like... yeah. 
what do I want to talk about? Well, okay, the combat is so well done. It's so well done. The Leviathan Axe, the first weapon you get in the game, the central mechanic of the Leviathan Axe is that you can throw it and recall it whenever you want. You hold down L2, I think, you throw it with one of the R triggers, or like the R1 button, and then you press triangle to recall it. You can do that whenever you want, as long as you're in gameplay and as long as you have it. Like, and the way they designed it is so satisfying. It is one of the most satisfying game mechanics I've, I have played around with in a very long time, barring some other examples that we'll get to soon. Um, but the, 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 the sound design, the way the controller rumbles perfectly to accentuate the, the recall back to your hand as it slams back in your hand with like the tightest grip. It's like, it's so ridiculously satisfying. And that alone would get points from me. But then everything around that is so perfectly executed. They, God, it's, it's like, for the most part, they like they take these mechanics to their logical extremes in ways that are so I keep saying satisfying because that's honestly yeah. what this game is. This game is just satisfying all around and the story, everything is is centralized around this gripping story of a father and a son and this this journey to to connect and like and like the the trials that they face. There are twists and turns to the story that I did not expect and there are decisions that characters make that like this this game does this thing a couple times that I I I uh, I personally praise uh, the Good Place for as a show, uh, where they take this this idea, this plot idea that you can see coming from a mile away, and you think it's a mile away. They take that thing you know they're going to do eventually, because they logically have to to keep dramatic tension, and they push it forward hours before you think they're going to do it, and they do it before you expect it, and they drop it on you, and you're like, whoa. This is happening now? Like, I didn't expect... Like, I thought this was going to happen eventually, but I didn't expect it now. Yeah, and, and then, something like that can definitely keep, like, a narrative pacing yeah. and keep a player on their toes, which is yeah. a really, really amazing narrative tool. And the intrigue that comes from that isn't, I didn't expect this to happen. It's, I expected this to happen, but not here. Where can you go from here? Like, like I, like I, like it's, it seems like you're, you're throwing things out like it seems like you're throwing things away too early but you must have a plan here and they do and oh, so good it is so good <laughs> like i didn't i didn't even play a lot of the side content i just i like i i busted through the main story um and let me tell you something like it took me a while to finish this game um but like once i like so like i played this game a few months ago like sometime around summer or like beginning of fall. I forget exactly when, but I started playing it and I played a little bit and I was like, okay, I'm going to stream the rest of it at some point. I played yeah. through the beginning portion again on stream one night. I was like, cool, this is cool. I'm going to play through the rest of this on stream. Unfortunately, I didn't make that happen, but the game just kept on like, like it just kept on coming back to my mind. I was like, ooh, I really want to play that again, but I got to stream it. I was like, I want to play that again, but I got to stream it. Like it just kept like, gnawing at me i was like i want to play it i want to play it i love it i want to play it one night i was like you know i have so many other games i'm gonna stream and that i need to stream i'm gonna play this now i can always come back to it play it again because i'm sure i'll want to eventually but i need to yeah. play this now so turned it on one night played through it and i was hooked and then through the next like couple days 
right before the Game Awards, actually. I think I beat it the night before the Game Awards uh, that day. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I, I'm so happy that I did because uh, I just, I'm so happy to finally be a part of the conversation of this game and to finally be able to understand why it's getting the accolades that it does. Um, the music is so well done. The character interactions are amazing. There are, I love the characters in this game. Like, like Kratos is actually like, like, like compelling and like, uh, you can understand where he's coming from. You get it. Like you, you understand his struggle. And the, the, the cool thing about this game is that they don't ignore the past. You don't have to play the previous games to play this game and understand it and get a full experience out of it, but they don't ignore the past either. They bring it up and it's part of his character and it's part of his growth and part of its, and part of his arc. And like, they, they really have him struggle with what you learn he did in his past. And like, it's so cool the way that they don't shy away from the character choices they made in the past. Cause like Kratos in the past was like this really unlikable, angry dick guy. And like the fact that they don't shy away from that and instead improve upon that in a way that makes it something like redeemable and makes it something that he understands was not, correct and like he it's something he struggles with it is a demon of his past and they 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 make him they it makes him more complete as a result and he is so likable in this game because of it even if he's still not perfect and he makes bad decisions and you can still see remnants of that past in him he he struggles with it he deals with it um and then and then his son atreus like he he's he's so interesting because he's just he he wants to be closer to his dad and i'm not going to get too much into their relationship because it's a little bit spoilery here and there like a, like the twists and turns that the story takes and what you learn about the relationship as it goes but like he he's very distant from his dad and his dad is very distant from him and like it you you can tell that he he wants he still wants his approval and his acceptance but like he, he's just he's he like they're not they're not close yet and like the side characters is so great like there's there's uh there's this witch character who's like just so so likable and so kind to them and like she she helps them out so much and like you you like instantly like her like like from the instant yeah. you're like she's great there's there's one character uh I'm not going to I forget his name um I can't remember his name right off the top of my head but he's like he's like he's he's like this head that you carry around for like a good portion of the latter half of the game and like he's like one of my favorite characters cuz he's like He's just like, it's like, it's cool. They add this extra dynamic to your journey because like once the dynamic between Kratos and Atreus starts to die out playing through the beginning and you're starting to feel like, okay, I've basically seen everything I'm going to get from them right now. And like the travel dynamic, they add in a new character. They add in a, a new card on the table that starts to play off of the two of them and has like new things to say and new things to remark about. And they have new ways to interact with the world now. And it's so well done. It's so well done. Everything I'm I could go on forever. Like I said, I could do an entire <laughs> yeah, podcast you. about this game. God of War, 100% worth the hype and more. Corey Barlog really killed it with this one and the entire team killed it alongside him. And like if if you need like on if you ever need, if you're not sure about this game and you ever need just one short thing to sell you on how much this game meant to the people making it and how much care and heart was put into this, watch Corey Barlog's reaction to the review scores. Because that was that was the time, that was the moment where I was like, wow, okay, this isn't like it was before. Like this is something different. You like you can like 
they came from a different place with this one. And uh, yeah, just look up like Corey Barlog, God of War reaction. You'll find it like it's one of the first results. Like it's, it's, it sold me. It'll sell you if you have any doubt about the heart behind this game. And games with heart behind them are worth everything to me and are some of the best ones. And we will see that moving forward. But Ryan, I'm done blabbering about God of War. What's your number three? <laughs> All right. So, um,. <laughs> I might not have as much to say about it, unfortunately. But, uh, well, it doesn't matter, because it's still something that I feel a lot about, and it does have uh, some semblance of personal significance to me. Um, so my number three is going to be Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Ooh. Um, as uh, most of you who know me know, I'm a huge fan of games like Super Smash Bros. and all that stuff, and I'd been meaning to sort of get into some more of the traditional 2D fighters, because... As most people will tell you, uh, Super Smash Bros. is very, very different from your average fighter with the platforms definitely throwing a wrench in things. There's even a whole huge group of people who argue it isn't a fighting game, which I think it is. And I'll probably be talking about that a lot later on. But either way, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, I'd played some of the previous Blaze Blue games uh, with my roommate over in college. He had it on his PS4. And I always found it to be really nice, but in order, it's one of those games where. It's a very technical game. Blaze Blue is a series. And in order to do any move, you'd have to memorize like 18 different button inputs, which was very, very satisfying to pull off and very, very fun to do. But at the same time, it was very, very high entry uh, barrier in order to pass. Right. And so this new game comes in, and it not only has a series of characters from Blaze Blue, but also from the Persona 4 from Persona 4 Arena which is a game that I hadn't, a lot of games I hadn't played, like Persona 4 Arena, Undernight Inbirth. Uh, these are these big fighting games which have a lot of clout to them, which I had never played, so I can't say anything about them. That's kind of the whole point of where I'm going to be getting to. And this whole thing is like, this is a game that I legitimately own, and it's a game where I'm actually sort of getting into this foray of a traditional fighting game. And like with, with the Blue games, I was like, yeah, I kind of understand it. I can kind of pick up one character and I can learn all their individual 1800 button combos but like with this game it's a lot more standardized which can go better or worse with each individual thing but not only am i learning about all these new other fighting games that i now have interest in getting into which is going to be part of the persona series in general but also uh undernight inbirth which has some fantastic characters including merkava who is my favorite wiggly boy of all time i'm not sure if you've ever seen <laughs> Have you, I'm not sure if you've seen, but there's these gifts of like this one fighting game character whose arms are just like tentacles, and his attack is basically just flailing them wildly and covering oh half boy. the screen. I don't think I have, no. <laughs> well, one of the gifts, the first gift I ever saw of Undernight, uh, I didn't even know that it was uh, Undernight. Uh, I might have gotten the name wrong. I'm tired, and also I don't know fighting games yet. <laughs> okay. Um, is just two Merkavas just going like, and just going, <laughs> which is grand. But one thing that's great about this is it's definitely the first traditional fighting game that I've had that goes into all that stuff. Not to mention, like, it can bring in Blaze Blue, it can just sort of take their thing and go, okay, yeah, these characters are one-to-one, -one, these moves are one-to-one -one easy. Uh, gets characters from Persona 4 Arena, which is already a fighting game, so one-to-one -one easy. Um, it can take all these sort of ideas from Undernight and take it in. Maybe not one-to-one, -one. again, don't know, Undernight. Easy, question mark. But then they're like, Hey, what if we just what if we just characters from Ruby and just put them in there? Like, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> and and they just add just characters from Ruby because why not? 
I'm, I'm, I mean, I think, it's really cool to, it is a little bit of a side note, but it's really cool to see Ruby doing well on that front. Like it, it's, it's, it's up there now. Like it's, it's well, it is well. Yeah, without uh, a doubt. It, it is really cool to see like it become notable for something outside of just what it is, especially considering yeah. how small of a project it started as. Yeah. Um, and just being able to see all these things. And one thing I really love about Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle that you can see more than most other things is that it's sort of like the thing that I enjoy about Smash Bros in that like every single character has a set thing for button combinations and each different button combination has a different move to it. Like, right. For instance, uh, with Smash Bros, you have, okay, press B and they have a special move they can do with B, a side B, up B, down B. They all have special moves they can do that. Cool. But this one, it's a little bit different. It's usually based on the quarter circles with quarter circle forward, weak attack, quarter circle forward, medium attack, quarter circle forward, strong attack. Same with uh, quarter circle backs for each one. So there's six there. There's all different moves you can do. You can do some of them in midair. Uh, there's different finishing moves that you can use if you uh, just wait a little and let the charge go up. And what I love about that is the inputs used in order to make them happen is all standardized so it isn't like okay so for this character in order to use that i have to go forward left down bb up down be a throw controller in the air do a somersault get the degree at mit find the love of your life <laughs> and then hit a right um it's all the same sort of deal which makes each individual character a lot easier to pick up because you're like okay well it's what happens if i do this combination with you uh there are a few characters where there um differences um, but it's still a very, very sort of fun concept. Not to mention one thing that Cross Tag Battle does that uh, other Blaze Blue games, and I think there are other games that do this, like your um, United Marvel vs. Capcom sort of deal. Um, but I haven't played it, so it was new to me. Where right. uh, you essentially choose two characters. I know that Marvel vs. Capcom specifically has that sort of team up function, but seeing it in a game like this was definitely really, really fun. Um, and seeing how like uh. There's all sorts of fun, you know, character interaction between them, between all these different universes. It, I didn't have as much of an effect because I only knew about half of them. So, like, freaking Underbirth Man was like, hello, you must be Ruby. And she's right. like, yes, I am Ruby. And I'm like, man, I can relate to half of the things that was said. <laughs> but still, but still, I do have just that pension. It's, it's really nice to see that sort of a fan service involved in it. and. A lot of the DLC packs so far have been fantastic, and it's all just been really, really great. And I remember when I first played the demo, which is just like, here's all the characters for this day-long demo. Have at it. I was just sitting in my basement playing it all day, so. Good. Clearly it's doing something right if it's catching my attention. That's awesome. It's a really, it's a really, really fun fighting game. The team mechanics are very well implemented, I would say. Um, there's a lot of fun mechanics in it that keep things sort of... Even one thing that I enjoy is that if you're down to one fighter and you press a button, you get put into like a super mode, which can help swing momentum back in your favor, which I think is a really good way to keep sort of tension up at like one thing. That's one thing I really love. There's a lot of people who complain and smash about rage, which is kind of ridiculous in four, but that's more technical talk. Right. And and of course, like on one hand, it's like, yeah, it is pretty annoying. But at the same time, the whole concept of it being like a way to make sure that you never truly count it out is something that keeps tension high and keeps this sort of excitement up there. And being able to see that implemented in a way that it isn't completely hot garbage in Blaze Blue is really, really fun. 
And there's a lot of things that are fun about Blaze Blue, and it's just a really, really nice game. There's a story oh, mode yeah. that isn't interesting because it's a fighting game story mode. <laughs> of and course, you can't yeah. Really... <laughs> traditional, games, traditional fighting game story modes from right here aren't very good, but it's definitely helped to open a door to all sorts of new um, fighting games, and I've definitely expressed interest in getting some more different fighting games. Uh, if I had an actual controller to hook up to this desktop, then I'd be playing Guilty Gear, but if not, then it's probably available on PS4, and I don't know, I guess it just means a lot, because I'm glad that I found a game that's helping me sort of transition to this idea of a more traditional fighter, because I want to yeah. get into those fighting games, because they're really, really interesting to watch, and really, yeah. really interesting to play. They're interesting to watch, and like you know there's such a big, like passionate community behind them, but they're so intimidating, so like it's really cool that you found like uh, a way to sort of like bridge the gap a little bit in that sense. Yeah, without a doubt. And I feel like this whole concept, and like I'd mentioned, I played the original Blaze Blue games like Central Fiction, Chrono Phantasma, with um, my friend, uh, my roommate, and all the combos on that are nuts. So seeing this as both, I think this is just the perfect game to get people like dipping their toes into the waters of more complex fighting games. Because right. button inputs are standardized between characters, so you can try out different characters and you have the button inputs down pat and then later on as i sort of hone the skills of like okay yeah i can move my fingers all fancy i can do core circles no big deal what's next on the menu champ then you pull out the more uh technical games and it's it's good to have a game that does a good job bridging the gap and i'm sure that some expert in the fighting game community can easily point me to a game that does it arguably better i don't know but either way it's really good that it complements the idea of having this sort of intermediate from beginner to old guy thing. And it's also complemented with the fact that there's Ruby characters in it, which is a really good way of getting that sort of fans way of saying, Hey, we're down for anything, yo. Yeah. It's kind of in the same way that like smash bros can have any video game character ever right. here. It's like, Hey, we're not limiting ourselves to fighting game characters. And like, and you can see this sort of crossover appeal happening everywhere these days. Like even, even the more like, what the heck picks are fair game. Like, I think Tekken 7 has Negan from Walking Dead in it. Yeah. Which is just absolutely nuts to me. Crossovers are a surefire way to increase your audience so Expand the audience, and like, it's a great way to expand the audience. It's a no-brainer. If you have an opportunity for a crossover, do it. Most definitely. And, okay. Uh, that's all I gotta say about blazing blue of the tag of the cross of the battle. Hell of the yeah! One to the one, That's one awesome. To the three. Right. But now, so we are in the Nuno final stretch. And Last are, two for you, either of these. Are you about to surprise me here, Penelope? I'm probably about to surprise you a little bit. Um, I'm ready to funny, be shocked. While making this list, I surprised myself a little bit. Didn't think this game was gonna go here, but my number two is Spider-Man for the PlayStation uh, 4. Don't forget the hyphen. I didn't. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. I'm, I'm just keeping me accountable here. My number two is Spider-Man <laughs> for the PS4, and it's weird. I thought this yeah. was going to be my number one. It deserves to be my number one. It's a good game. I need to stop myself from talking about this game for two hours because I could. <laughs> it's good. It's so well done. I was talking about heart in video games and how, like, the next couple, we're going to really have that in spades. This has it in spades. The story mode is so good. 
This story mode is one of the best Spider-Man stories I've ever experienced. This is one of the best Spider-Man universes that has ever been put to any medium. I feel no hesitation in saying that. It is so well realized. It is so good. The swinging mechanics alone are why you should play this game. But then everything else on top of it just bumps it up even more. I can I can see flaws in it now after like the honeymoon period with it. There are definitely things that I would do better. It's not a perfect game, but so but neither are any of the games on this list. But it is exactly what I wanted it to be and in a lot of cases more. In some cases not more, but in a lot of cases it is more than I wanted it to be. It managed to meet all of my expectations and surpass most of them. Um, the DLC was fun as well. The DLC was a little bit more of a mixed bag for me. I just got done with the last DLC pack and that was a little bit iffy for me. I have some opinions about that, but the main game alone, holy shit, this game is so good. One of the best performances, like voice work wise, like all around the cast is amazing, but Yuri Lowenthal is Peter Parker. He just completely embodies every aspect of the character that I love. And like, it is one of the most definitive versions of Spider-Man I've ever seen. I'm going to stop myself here because again, I could talk about this game forever. And I know that we're kind of starting to wind down a little bit. We've been going for a while, so I'm going to stop here, but just know this game is number two for a reason. And it was almost number one, man, this game is so good. And I'm going to stop here, but Ryan, your number two. All right. My number two, uh, I'm probably going to end up uh, taking a note from Penny's book and uh, not going too deep into it just because it is getting pretty late and we've been talking a lot about games that we love. So good. I mean, hey, I'm glad that we're talking about stuff that we love. (laughs) Um, So my number two is Celeste. And Ryan, before you uh, before you talk about number number two, can I say, say what my number one is? Oh well, yeah, go ahead. Talk about your number one. And then so we can my have number one is Celeste. What do you know? What? 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 <laughs> wow! I so shocking. Let's take this moment to talk Ooh, about wow. simultaneously our number two and our number one, and just kind of knock these out at the same time. Let's talk about Celeste. Yeah, let's, Ryan. Two words. You go okay, first. So first, I have like plenty of personal connection to this game. So oh, yeah. I'm gonna oh, I'm yeah. gonna open with that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There are reasons this is my number one. Please continue. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I think I think your personal reasons, my personal reasons might be a little bit different, but whatever, let's no. just go into it. Keep going. So this is made by Matt Makes Games. Mm-hmm. And the reason that Celeste is such a personal landmark to me, I'll say the personal stuff and then I'll talk about what makes it objectively amazing, which is a lot. Um, so what makes it so personally a great thing and personally so good to me is I've been following Matt Makes Games for a long time long 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 time when i was first starting my foray into like the whole idea of like pc gaming one of the mm-hmm. first games that i got that was my favorite for a long long time was super meat boy yeah and there was a character who was a guest character on that named ogmo he is from a little game called jumper you can go on to mattmakesgames.com and i think you can still find jumper on that website now jumper is not a very good game. <laughs> but as someone who's like, as someone who had made games in Game Maker before, I could clearly see like, hey, this, this game was made in Game Maker. This is made in something that I've worked on before. 
and just I would look through every single new game that this Mamex game guy games guy has developed. Like he started with Jumper, then he was like, okay, let's make Jumper two now. All right, now let's make Jumper three, and then he'd just keep on making more and more knock them out of the park games, and like each one kept on getting better than the last. And like then he made Towerfall and Towerfall Ascension, and now we can see him putting out Celeste. And what this mean and what it means personally to me is seeing not only how this game can stand on its own merits, but seeing how other people have lauded it, what sort of an impact it has made, not only on the lives of so many people who have played it, but also, like, it was a contestant for Game of the Year. And I just think that's really, really that inspiring. That, that's, like, that's, like, that's like a mind-blowing, like, artistic achievement on the level yes. of Toy Story 3 being nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. It really, really is. I I I don't want to like, like short the same Toy thing. Story, that's like the same I would, situation. I would I put this higher. Yeah, that's just me personally. Um, <laughs> I personally but, rank Celeste higher than Toy Story three in terms of favorite I would. video games. Toy Story yeah, is Toy a Story good three video, video game. game actually. It was a great video game, but not as good game. as Celeste. Anyway, but but it's just so inspiring to me because like I don't know. Maybe I felt like I went on the journey with him. Maybe I see him creating Jumper, and I see that game and I see what's so great about it and I see what he had created and I saw him just keep on continuing this growth and whether that's inspiring to me or if it's inspiring to anyone else who might have seen it and just seeing what he's become is just almost borderline beautiful and I'll let you talk about why it personally means a lot to you and then I'll get into the stuff that makes it objectively great I'm a I have a broken brain uh and I personally struggle with uh, depression, anxiety, uh, lack of motivation, that kind of thing. All the symptoms, not all the symptoms, but like a lot of the symptoms that come alongside that kind of struggle. And um, the reason this game connects to me so much and the reason why when I was making this list, I really surprised myself. And this game really surprised me reflecting on it, how much it means to me. The, like it, it summarized so simply and almost deceptively simple uh by i think one of the first trailers i could be wrong but in one of the pieces of advertisement for this game one of the first things you see is uh a text on screen that reads a game about climbing a mountain and uh i learned that recently i actually didn't see a lot of the promotional material for this game i learned about this game through word of mouth but then uh, it was actually earlier today I saw that, and it really reaffirmed why this game means so much to me and why I think this game deserves to be at the top of my list because that in and of itself means so much. Like that statement, this is a game about climbing a mountain, and I say deceptively simple because it's a game physically about manipulating Madeline through through platforming puzzles and challenges and pseudo boss battles up a virtual video game mountain yes but also the character and the story angle to this game is about climbing internal mountains internal mountains of struggle and growth and self-reflection in very important ways in ways that i've never seen uh presented as they are in in a video game and especially not a a, a challenging quote rage platformer you know like like this is 
this is a game in the same vein of things like Super Meat Boy, but the added sense of soul to this game just elevates it so much higher than anything that has come before it. And then you add that on top of how rock fucking solid the controls are and how amazing the gameplay is. It all works hand in hand in a type of harmony that you do not see very often in games like like this. Um, Without a doubt. I have not played any of Matt's games before. Any games from that company. This is my first foray from that company. Mm -hmm. And I could not have asked for a better one. I could not have asked for a more personal one. I was listening to uh, Jared Petty, again, from Kind of Funny Games uh, earlier uh, this week. Uh, Well, no, it was was like... Friday, Saturday of last week. I was I was on the road. I was I was heading towards yeah. vacation. I was on a 10-hour road trip and I was listening to their um top 10 games podcast and uh um like Jared Petty was describing this game and like as he was talking about it and what it meant to him, I realized it connected to me in the same ways and I legit had to like stop myself from crying like in the middle of the car like cuz it just it hit me so much how well this game represents how struggles feel like how that kind of mental struggle can feel trying to climb these mountains of motivation and just feeling like you have to push through uh these like you have to push through and just do something to spite the lack of motivation and the self-doubt and the anxiety that tries to cripple you like it it resonates so well with me on that level and it's so important and man it's so good (laughs) it i'm gonna like i honestly i started this list and i was like celeste is gonna be my number two like i was like spider-man's gonna be my number one because i love spidey he's my favorite he's like one of my favorite yeah, Spider-Man probably my top po- favorite franchise all. of all time i was like yeah it's a wonderful game it's pro- it's like one of my favorite games of the year it, i was like it is my favorite game of the year and celeste is number two and then i started thinking about it and i started listing it out and then i listened to that podcast i listened to jared petty talk about it and it's not even recency bias i played this game near the beginning of the year when it first came out and I haven't beaten it since. And when I have played it, I haven't paid attention to the story or the dialogue. I just wanted to play it. But, like, even just thinking about it, it's still potent enough to where, like, I knew. I was like, no, this has to be my number one. Anyway, is there anything else you want to say about it? Because that's it for me. Yeah, like, no. It's I mean, just, I was so just important. Add, I was just going to add in how it has, by and large, become beaten Super Meat Boy in a sense of almost irony, I think. Yeah, as my favorite platformer of all time because it it just iterates on the whole concept of the whole range of motion that one can accomplish with platforming, and it does so from what you would do with Super Meat Boy on such amazing and just unforeseen levels with ideas of an air dash, making things that can implement off of an air dash, utilizing momentum in the way that you play. Um. Not to mention, um, one thing that I've seen people discuss is the accessibility mode, I feel like, is a very Yes, I was literally just going to, I was thinking about that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, of, of course I'm so good, I didn't need it, obviously, because <laughs> I'm amazing at video games. But um, I do think that it's, I've heard people even criticize it, because people want to criticize things all the time, but I think that it's fantastic, because I feel like anyone should be able to play the game in a way that they need to know how. Because some people need to just experience the story and know that sometimes it's 
Okay. Yeah. I, I'm personally of the belief that option is never a bad thing. It is never, ever a bad thing to have options in your game to make it more accessible to players. What I think, what I think Celeste does right. And what I think really kind of absolves it from that kind of criticism is the way they present it. They tell you upfront when you turn on the assist settings, they say, Hey, this game is supposed to be hard. It is meant to be played this certain way. The challenge is part of the experience and it's part of the difficulty. You are experiencing the intended version of the game when you play it and it's difficult. However, if you want to play it this way anyway, here you go. Customize it to your heart's content. Just know this is the way it's intended. We're still going to give you this, though, because we know that not everybody is down for this. And I love that. Exactly. It's like there is very much a thing, and I do prefer that a lot more over like your choose a difficulty setting at the beginning because. A, the difficulty settings for most games are pretty arbitrary, but also, like, it's very hard to tell, like, okay, I don't know what this is. So being upfront with what your personal vision is and then allowing for iterations upon it definitely assist in that experience. Yeah. And uh, not to mention something that I would be an absolute fool if I didn't mention is, and um, if this... There's a slight chance this might reawaken a bit of salt within me. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. Go ahead. Red Dead Redemption 2 did not deserve best soundtrack at the Game Awards. It should have gone to Celeste. It should have gone saying. to Celeste. We both it agree. 100% should have gone to Celeste. The, the music in Celeste so is stellar. Good. It is stellar. Lena Rain, you did such a good job. Absolutely phenomenal. It's just so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I'm going to say it one more time just to make sure that anyone who may have missed it the first time around gets it. It's so good. It's so but, um, good. But I do think that it does have all that whole central theming that you're mentioning with climbing the mountain and seeing how it resonates with you is just, a, if anything, just a beautiful illustration on the power that a game like this can hold and how powerful its artistic message has pointed to someone else. If you haven't played Celeste, I 1 million percent recommend it on and, and just play it whenever you can, however way you can, whether it be for the wonderful thematic themes or for the stellar design in both the physics, the controls, the platforming, how they because find it, ways to iterate it, upon the platforming. It nails it on all fronts, and that is such a rare thing. Every single aspect of this game that, like, it goes for it nails the controls are some of the best 2d platform control they are probably the best 2d platforming controls i have personally ever played i'm i would say it's the best 2d platformer i've ever played same i don't i don't it's my favorite it is my favorite 2d platformer by far everyone go play it seriously it's like free on xbox game pass right now so if you have an xbox like go get it it's free it's free celeste it's free celeste (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is Ryan's number two and my number one with, a, uh, with an appropriately meaty conversation. Ryan, send us home with your number one pick. All right, I can't and promise this is going to last very long because A, Slate, I'm tired. B, we've already talked about it. And C, I'm just going to turn off my brain. I'm just going to autopilot the things autopilot. I love about this game. Yes, go. This is a game that I have found not only incredible, not only for the merits of itself, not only for the pedigree of the games that came before it and in comparison to the games that came before it, but also as an experience that exists 
outside of itself. And I know it's kind of cheating to say this, but I'm still going to have a segment on it because my brain's off and I want to talk about it. I'm referring to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Now, there are three ways that you can judge this game, and it blows things out of the park on all three fronts. The first front is just going to be how it stands alone as a game. You mentioned this earlier. It stands alone absolutely amazingly because there's just an absolute, I say absolute a lot, I don't care, brains off, just a hefty unit of quantity to it. There is so much. Over 24 hours of music. There's 70 characters. That's fucking insane. Are you kidding me? There's 103 different stages. There is so much fan service that you could put it on a tray, eat it, and you could be like, oh man, I'm full. You could look, you still have an entire whale. And that whale is carrying a cart full of the entire North American hemisphere. That's right, named after North American now, Buster. Full of food, of fan service, and each individual spirit battle. Which, which even in that respect, like sort of like you were mentioning earlier, it's so great how they use pre-existing ideas in order to create and combine into something amazing. And I absolutely adore that, because I believe that one of the greatest things that we as people can do is take things that already exist and find a way to repurpose them into a new purpose and a new sort of means to exist. And I absolutely adore that. And seeing that reflected in the use of spirits is just absolutely beautiful. A little philosophical. Who cares? But amidst all that, it's still a super solid fighting game. But what else can you compare it to? Oh, yeah, the previous games. So, like, you can compare this to each game and you can think, oh, yeah, it's, it's better. Like, there's some arguments that you can have depending on where your priorities lie. But overall, I think that it evens out to a game that greatly greatly excels every other game because first of all what i mentioned with the quantity there's just so much stuff that that it becomes the ultimate smash game obviously right but there's more than any other game in the series and on top of that like if you compare it to smash 4 in terms of the gameplay if you go all competitive mode it's faster paced it's it makes for a more offensively oriented sort of game and it's just more exciting because of it and it just thrives with all these new mechanics allows for one aerial air dodge aerial aerial dodge brains broken it's really <laughs> late let's keep going um and there's gonna be some people who say oh yes well melee is a much better game which i can understand people say that have a good day but there's literally three times as many characters goodbye <laughs> um <laughs> Um, and not to mention, I think the speed does make up for it, and seeing, even in the competitive scene outside of the game, seeing so many people play it already so much, and seeing all these competitive people from both Melee and Smash 4 alike going to this new game means that it's just going to provide for so many amazing moments that I can't wait to see. Because I think that Smash Bros. is also an amazing sport, as you all so might know. And the final little little point that I'm going to prick on the end of it is um, just something outside of it, which is kind of cheating, but I don't care. Speculation for Smash has always been one of my favorite parts of any Smash game. As Smash 4 was coming around, I was all about like that whole, oh, Gamatsu leak, who's going to be in, who's going to be in? And mm-hmm. that sort of stuff repeated here. The Grinch leak was legitimately one of the most interesting weeks of my life. But, of course, we've been going on for way, way too long in this whole thing. So I'm going to say that's my number one. It's Hell just yeah. Abs- it's just 
a lot of it was reused from previous games, but being able to have it all in one game with an, with its own plethora of over a hundred new remixed songs and new characters, new stages, the world of light as a game mode in general, and like. You're saying like, oh man, I barely put a dent in it. There's even more than you think. Oh I'm yeah, no, I know there right is. Now. I've I've kind of okay, had cool. a little bit spoiled, Spoilers. but like, yeah, it's I know it. it yeah, I can't a lot. believe I can't believe it's revealed that you're that you're actually taboo the whole time. Can't believe anyway, it's that's revealed that one. taboo was you. Friends you made along the way. That's what I said, except the same thing. Okay. And that's my number one. That's it. That's our list. Ryan, go to bed. I'm gonna pass out. Bye. See ya. Okay, Ryan's gone. He's gone to bed. I didn't realize it was so fucking late. It's like one in the morning for me, which means it's like two in the morning for him. I feel bad. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I hope you enjoyed our list. Remember, this was uh, very much based on personal experience. Uh, Sorry if this was too long. I personally had a good time talking about this stuff. I hope you have a good time listening to this whole unit of a podcast. This is one of the longest podcasts I've ever recorded ever. Um, I had fun. Hope you had fun. I'm sincerely looking forward to what 2019 and beyond will bring in terms of games and in terms of just life in general, baby. There's some exciting... I said that was weird. I'm so sorry I said baby like that. Fuck. I'm excited about 2019. That's the point, okay? I'm excited about video games, and I hope you are too, you gamers. I need to sleep, too. I love you all. Ryan does, too. He just wasn't here to say it. Bye.